Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast, the hockey podcast that apparently continues to come at you even when there's no hockey to actually talk about. Um, we're joined by a full roster today. So Dave, how are we doing? You okay? I'm not too bad, thank you, Joe. Um, how are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Working from home is, uh, is, yeah. is a nice change. It is yeah. for the last week and a half, yeah. yeah enjoying <laughs> these four walls. I'm in the same room that I do the podcast, so it's like, yeah. It's great, but uh, no, all, all's well. Um, good. Vague, vaguely healthy. So we have been, been, sh- been shut down with the coronavirus yet. No, I heard it was Amstel. Uh, it's the Amstel virus tonight, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. We're also joined by the uh, the man who is most climatised as a Storm fan and a Sabres fan to having his season end early, uh, Mr. Gareth Cotton. <laughs> How are we today? I'm pretty good, thanks. I mean, it's, a bit, it's like a month early, but you know. It's... When, the season, when the season ends early for a Sabres fan, you know that the season's ended early. Yeah. Kind of bad though when you, you, you go to bed at like 1 o'clock in the morning and you think, oh, I'll put some hockey on. Oh, wait. I know, it's terrible. YouTube is your friend on that one. YouTube, NHL on the fly. Goon. Goon's back on Netflix. I think they know. I think they knew. Obviously knew. And last but not least, uh, we are joined by uh, the wonder that is Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we doing today? I, I, we, we see your needlessly wasting toilet roll as, the, uh, as, as we've been on Skype. I am doing, and not for the reasons that you're probably thinking of. Um, I, I've not got corona yet, but I'm probably on the way there. Uh, I've got a cold, but we'll see how that develops in the, in the coming days. But uh, I'm not too bad apart from that. How are you, Joe? Good. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too bad, mate. I'm sticking to the cider, so I'm avoiding the corona. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're all good. <laughs> so I know what you're all wondering to begin with. Uh, and don't worry, we are all doing this from Skype. We're all in separate rooms. We are not attending an unnecessary social gathering. Um, so... You know, always important following government guidelines. Um, I've asked our parents as well, so it's okay with them. <laughs> oh, did you get the parent slip? Yeah. Oh, nice. What you had to as well? Yeah. I just forged it. Oh. Yeah, I, 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 I forged it. Oh, I was like one of those letters that you used to have to take home from school <laughs> when you banged your head. <laughs> your son has banged their head. <laughs> no, it's one of them. Can we go to this school trip? Yeah. Sure, we sign this one. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. There you go. Can you sign to confirm you've read this report card? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, gents, I'd ask, I'd ask what highlights we've got this week, um, but there's, there's not really a lot happened. So uh, do, do we just go into the first item on the agenda? I think that's probably I the thing. I think we go into that first item. Why not? Why Both yeah. feet Let's do it. Sound. So we know what you're all thinking. Uh, and going straight into the cup final, we know, showing some bias, the first time we've had to discuss the cup final, uh, given that last week's episode was suspended, to coin a phrase from the NHL. Um, cup final, boys. What a day. Yeah. What a we day it was. We got some peas. Uh, that, was, that was Saturday. <laughs> oh, it was Saturday, that's true. Sa- Saturday, when, you, when we put on the, the table 67, do your best. Um, that was all Saturday before the rugby, which we'll, we'll gloss over. Um, You're welcome. Hold on, we can't gloss over one thing. The fact that oh, we got yes, we can. A half pint of dark fruit with lime and lemonade, which was the most bizarre drink I've ever been sent in my life. It, it was nice. Well, it really for, the bit I had, for the bit I had, it was nice. The Guinness was great. Um, 
and I appreciate your guys that like it, but the Guinness was great. Um, the shots was even better. Um, so to the person who, um, yeah. Uh, so just so much for throwing at me. Um, yeah. To, to, um, to uh, yeah. The, thank you for the drinks that was uh, was sent to us. Yeah, sure. It was a great idea. That I was. I was, was quite that? impressed with how that worked out. But that was Saturday. Uh, Sunday. Um, that was just a phenomenal game. And in fairness, I'll say now, if we did done the podcast last week, Sunday before the final would have been my highlight because it was very old school. And you see a lot of fans nowadays think Twitter is the be-all and that represents all the fan base. No, it wasn't. You had all the Cardiff fans and the Sheffield fans drinking together, laughing together, having a good giggle, old school banter. And you know what? The atmosphere was second to none. And I, I said to your two... I could live with the, the day ending there and then because it was just that good. Um, you know, one of our friends of the podcast, uh, Garrett Walters, uh, Giant G, um, had a lot of people taking the mick out of him. Um, and then, if, you know, if you had a few Sheffield fans and the Cardiff thought were taking the mick. And it was just good-natured banter, how it should be. Um, but everyone was mixing. Everyone was great. And then, the, and then you got into the arena. My God. Fans who were there. Tip hat to your guys. The atmosphere was electric. We all said it were, and then you just say it because it's, it's going to be a cup final. But my God, you couldn't hear a thing. And sometimes we were sat next to each other. We was actually struggling sometimes to hear each other. It was that what? loud. Exactly. Do you know what the thing was? I went, I went into that game on the Sunday with not a great deal of confidence. I think I said whoever won on Friday would lose on Sunday, which actually is, is then how it ended up turning out. But... Once once the scoreline went quite as drastic as it did on the Friday, I just thought there's not a chance that we're going to pull this out of the bag on Sunday. Like Dave, just building on what you said, you, as soon as you walked into that building, you walked into the actual rink section straight away. You just thought, you know, it was 50-50 from both fans. You know, the noise from both fans, the anticipation from both fans. You just kind of walked into that and thought this could easily go either way. You know, almost, you didn't walk yeah. into it thinking, oh, God, this is it. You walked in thinking, there's a serious feel about this building right now. It was a proper cup final, um, you know, real atmosphere about it. And also, you'll just get in. I mean, it was a 10-minute wait, but you were queuing all the way around the arena. And fair play to the staff at the Viola Arena. I mean, I'll mention it a couple of times because dif- different sets of staff were, were outstanding throughout the whole weekend. Um, but so we was at um, the very far end as you as you approach it from as it opposite Morrison's and you queen all the way around there to get in. Within five, ten minutes he was in. Done dusted. Not From a the problem. same minimal, wasn't it? We weren't it, waiting at all. Yeah, you I, didn't I, I, the, stop and stand still at once. No. The queue was just outside and then, you know, the people in the, the venue were, were second to on. And then the game itself, that was a just Great game, well, and they say I'll let you talk the game, but just, just for me, actually, that was borderline. We haven't seen that type of standard of hockey since the playoff final against the same two teams in 2017, 2016, 2017. The the Levi Nelson goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just that must say it was just amazing. The game was great. Um, yeah, just a great advert of hockey. I think you know you, you you've got the game on the. On Premier Sports, I think no, maybe it probably should have been free sports as well, just to give the league a bit more of a of a more wider sort of advert, uh, especially for a cup game. But you know what? No, it, it was it was just fantastic, and um, everyone bought into it. Uh, no, 
it's, it's, it's always great for us to go to Cardiff. It's, just, it's a great place to to be, uh, not just for hockey, but for nightlife as well. Um, just, yeah, just absolutely fantastic. And uh, playing some football as well. That was an experience. Yeah, that was top-notch. It really was. But, uh, yeah, just, just absolutely fantastic. Like I say, I, if it were, obviously, if we did this last week, I wouldn't have been able to comment on it, but I've seen the game since. To be fair, as a neutral, that was actually a pretty decent game to watch. I, you had a big clean hit. No, it was you light. Had, it was a headshot. To the head. Apparently. You know, some Sorry, really my, my bad. I'll be in bias there. Apologies, guys. <laughs> I thought it was a crotch shot, but... I mean, that's a one for another story, but, you know. <laughs> it's just a preview for Stafford Stories later. Um... Oh, yeah. Decent goals. Pretty decent game. As a neutral, it's actually quite decent to watch. I mean, I'm kind of glad that it wasn't my team because I probably would be in, probably needing, like, boot for healthcare or something, especially during that midway through the second period and then, the third, the third period even more so. So to not show any bias, there are other healthcare companies available. Um. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I think the benefit of where we sat was the uh, the pop up bar next was I think that was more oh, than yeah. used because the, the tense the tensity of the game um, and fair play Cardiff, you know they 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 gave everything and you know they absolutely hammered the, the orange wall in that second period they, and I think I said to you Joe, had they equalised, I'd have gone Cardiff to win. Just because of the yeah. momentum that they built and, and they gave everything. Duba, compared to Friday, because Friday that was his worst game he played, he then produced honest, probably his be best fair game. To him, I mean, yeah, he let some bank goals in on the Friday, but he was completely on his own. He, oh, absolutely. You know, the defence didn't help him, but I think as a as a goalie looking at a goal performance, that was probably his worst game in, in Sheffield Colours, to then two days later produce probably his best game. Um, and some of the saves on the second that he pulled off, and Deluca, and Harabal did one as well behind Herabble, him. You know, it just it was like it was like attention to defence, which weren't there Friday. Um, it was it was incredible. And I said, I, in fact, I, I said to you, oh, we've got this. And, you know, I think Andy was like, how the hell do you know? I was like, if because we've we've stopped them. That was their chance. That was the if Cardiff got the equaliser or got the lead, that's it. Lights out. Sheffield didn't. They held on. They still had that lead. Big momentum. And it swung to Cardiff until the end of the second, and it was back to Sheffield because we held on. Um, and then Davis um, scored that fourth, and yeah, scenes. exactly how he scored the first. Well, yeah, it was just our oh, scenes. But and, and like I said, was it Hadad who scored the third goal for Cardiff? Yeah, which was like, nice top, finish that. Nice top right. Top, top finish, yeah, going top bins, but uh, off the spin as well. Yeah, you know, great performance. Um, great goals. Uh, Love the skill for the steal second from uh, Ben Clark's favourite player. We'll mention yeah. his name because we haven't mentioned it for a while. Um, Connolly. Well, I've, I've, you know, yeah, it's another episode where we've made Ben swear at his radio. <laughs> Hi, Ben. He'll live. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there was just good skill across the board for both sides. Um, it was worth the trip, worth the drive down on the Friday and, and the horrible drive back on the, on the Monday with no voice. But, yeah. Just, it was just finally great to end 17 years of waiting for the Challenge Cup. And we got to see England beat Wales as well. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I mean, 
Manu Tuolagi ended up with a, a month ban. Oh, but, you know. but then got the lesser ban from Joe Marler. But we'll not talk about oh, yeah. that. We'll, we'll, we'll skirt over that one. We'll keep uh, this PG. Um. <laughs> but in fairness, I've that. Those who was in O'Neill's, there was a few Steelers fans in O'Neill uh, watching the rugby. Uh, again, I mean, I don't know what your two were like. I, I, I love the atmosphere um, in the pub. Even then, in fairness, there were a few England fans there. Apart from one set who deserved having drinks poured over them. Cause was uh. it, was, it was a good atmosphere. You know, you didn't matter what team you support. You could wear your colours. It was just a good vibe about it. Um, but, yeah, you know, England being the better side against Wales, sadly. Um, but, yeah, great weekend. I have to say one thing as well that, that, that brought me a lot of pride to be fair and a, and, and a lot of happiness from that game every time you go to Cardiff every time you watch a sporting event in Wales I, I always comment and O'Neill's was perfect example of it is hearing every single Welsh person standing there singing the national anthem yeah and it's always the same there's always a lot of pride behind it and it's always really loud Sunday's cup final was the first time in a long time I've seen a game between two elite league teams where the the, the English or British national anthem, God Save the Queen, was sung just as loudly. Oh, belted out. And it was just, it was so fantastic to see because you don't see it in the elite league at all. I mean, usually it's a couple of people mumbling the words, a group of people changing the words because they just feel entitled and I just think that was just phenomenal. Every single every single Steelers fan appeared to be on the feet singing God Save the Queen before that game. I've got to say, I think both social media people for Cardiff and Sheffield got a clip of their respective anthem. And they were both, just as I would like to say, you know, apologies, the Welsh anthem is loud. It's always sung with a lot of with pride and passion. It's always, it's always the loudest one, especially at the final fours in Nottingham. Yeah. But here in 1500, you know, Steelers fans sing God Save the Queen, it was as loud. The only I'm time like, I've wow. seen it sung with such pride in the game is your type of your international games where Denmark. you've already where you've won the game and then it's sung after the game oh. you've won. Like that's that's chilling as as to how loudly and how proudly that's sung, but that's after you've won the game on foreign soil. Yeah. This was an elite league versus elite league game. You've seen a million of them, Cardiff versus Sheffield. It was in Cardiff, yes, but just the just the the volume of it was just unreal. I say, me and Greff say this in watching GB. There's no finer sound on foreign soil than the British anthem. Yeah, and it's always sang very loudly. And you know, two games where it's been sung, it's brought many people to tears singing it. The the Hungry game and the France game. But it was the volume, like I said, it was before the game, which makes it even more special. Yeah. And I think those who were there, and yeah, it came across on the TV after watching it, and you know, you probably get the same thing. But being there and listening to it, that is one of it's them moments that you kind of go, wow, you were there. Because, yeah. you know, it, it's just an anthem, but my God, it was just everything belted out. And you could kind of tell from there that both sets of fans were bringing their A game. They didn't, they brought their A plus game. That both sets of fans on that final were just outstanding for the teams. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, this is the thing we, we, we've seen so many times over social media. Um, I mean, we were asked by a couple of Cardiff fans on Friday if we'd experienced the hostility 
that was mentioned over social media on Friday. And and we have to say, I think Dave and Andy, I'm sure you'll you'll join me in saying it in that we had the complete opposite. We were sat in the middle of a, a block full of Cardiff fans. We were the only Steelers fans in there. And the crowd, the, the Devils fans that we were sat with were fantastic. As I, I'll say before Andy, because I know Andy was very... Um... He mentioned we were, we were talking on the side. He was like, you know, couldn't believe just how good they were. But I say yeah. the Friday people were, were great. Um, the Sunday, the steward who was near us, uh, credit to the viola, outstanding. Um, and she would constantly, you know, I'm going to boo your goals. And then she cheered this. But she understood sport. But she did her job. Um, and you know, first, all the staff, um, Megan and her team behind the bar, um, every person we met, you know, um, who was either the helpers and that they were just it, it just made a great occasion and then it's like I say um, the fans on my side uh, the Cardiff and Sheffield fan were, were good but I know you you uh, Andy the, the two um, old couple but they were the, you, I, I, could, I don't know if you could try and perceive it I don't think you could stop them talking could you? No they were fantastic and uh, you know it's, it's great to know a bit more about them they are English originally they moved to Cardiff from, from, from the south of England and uh you know, they've just been fans ever since. You know, they've got hooked on the game. They've been to a lot of Cardiff Devils uh, games. And, yeah, but just love sport in general. We love uh, talking to all different fans. And and they're just saying, you know, just how amazing the hockey fans get on. And just so easy to talk to one another. And you know, it's, it's just fantastic. They're amazing. And uh, really, really glad we got to sit next to them for, for that game. It was fantastic. And, uh, you know, the whole Devils fans, you know, they were really very good. They were, they were great to us. You know, the the joint yeah. of that humour and um, it, it was amazing. And then Sunday, um, obviously we, we, we were sat with the Steelers fans, but even afterwards, you know, just the conversations that we were having with Devils fans was amazing. We were talking like we knew each other for years, and uh, I, I just found them with Stafford. I, I didn't think that, I didn't think that was possible because there's not many of us, not not many of us around. So. Uh, just, just absolutely fantastic, you know. Just, just talk to everyone to get to know them, and um, just fantastic, really, really good. Actually, ended up in Coyote Ugly with a load of Cardiff fans did, after yeah. the cup final. Yeah, just... we'll not mention we'll not mention the singing, but yeah. No, please don't. Yeah, wonderful no. singing by Stafford. You're kidding me, aren't you? Yeah, the song went something along the lines of Stafford just killed a song. <laughs> something like that, yeah. <laughs> At least you went tucked up with a song that you know you don't like. And when That's the person true. that you know who put it on, he's sat there grinning like he's a primary school kid who's just been caught out lying. No comment. Evil grimmer. Like, e- my yeah. ear. No comment. I, I could, I could, yeah, no comment. But I got a free drink yeah. carrot, so I'm not too disappointed. It was spot on. It was spot. On. I mean, the amount of times that I got to, that the Devils fan came up to me in the bar after the game, before we head out to Coyote Ugly, but the amount of Devils fans that came up to me and just said, "Oh, congratulations, you guys played really well, you guys." I mean, even even Andrew Lord said it. Even yeah. Andrew Lord, and the, the, there'll be no greater picture than all three of us dying on Monday morning when we woke up. <laughs> All still lying in bed, all like playing on his phones, and every so often one of us would play an interview 
while we're on Twitter, scrolling through, you'd see, oh, Jonathan Phillips, who everybody, you'd just turn around and go, oh, listen to John, and he's just said this. Oh, listen to such and such, he's just said this. And then one of us, I think I think it was me that put it on, just went, oh, yeah, were, yeah, I've got Andrew Lords, this is going to be interesting. And we put it on, and everybody's shell-shocked face when he was like, oh, yeah, Sheffield played a fantastic game and they were the better team. And we all just looked at each other like, well, that's chalk and cheese from his last, in- his last interview after the Steelers won in Cardiff. Well, yeah. Um, and as Andy's mentioned, you know, the amount of people I... Um, I'll drop the name. I- Ice Time TV guy, uh, Guy Fewith, uh, cup, shook hands, you are well done, best team and all that. Uh, it was just how it should be. Yeah. You know, we- we've mentioned so many times about social media being being crap this year. And a lot of fans across all teams have, have contributed. We've mentioned it once or twice, but fans have, across the board have, have contributed to how crap it's been. The whole Sunday, from start to finish, was how it should be, how it needs to be. ASAP. The first couple of hours were a bit ropey, but um... look, it's not. It's not our fault that when you woke up, the room was still spinning. It is not our fault, nor our problem. It's fine. Carried on drinking. Exactly. So you know what's what's the issue here? But everything, every, from when you manage to um, you know, wake up and act like an adult, um, the day was superb. Even if we'd lost, just the atmosphere. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, but you know, but the the atmosphere was great. Everything about it. Every person was there. You did your part. Well done, guys and girls. It was just so nice to, you know, meet up with old friends. You had uh, Geraint. You had Simon. Holly, you know, just so many great people to meet up again, and uh, just a pleasure as well to meet to meet two new Cardiff fans, um, to me anyway, uh, Chris and Claire Thomas. Yes. Who um, obviously are the parents of Scarlett, who, who, who tragically passed away a few years ago, but so just amazing to meet to meet them. Um, you know, obviously the a massive involvement with the All Stars in in, in TFN, so yeah, absolute pleasure to meet them. Yeah, they were. Uh, it was actually quite funny because Gareth mentioned me on this one when uh, she asked, um, "Is it still natural to be uh, intoxicated 36, af- 36 hours after the event?" And he's like, "If you need to know, ask David." You know, as though, as though I should know, but uh, she clearly did the uh, the cup final day properly. Um, and in, in fairness, you know, the vast 99.9% of the fans did it outstandingly. Yeah, everyone should be proud. Everyone should be proud. Those who were there, and I'm sure there were fans who didn't watch it. Either in Sheffield or Cardiff, who weren't at the arena, will have been the same. But to those who were there, who contributed to the atmosphere, who contributed to what hockey should be and needs to be back ASAP, well done, guys and girls. I'll have a, I'll have a, drink, I'll have a drink in your name. Kudos to all of the um, to all of the season ticket holders there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> true fans. True fans, yeah. The true fans. Thanks, Ben. Yes, of course, ah. Yes. Um, shall we move on to the next item on the agenda? Yeah, in case we get accused of being biased again. I was going to say, we can't talk any more about it. To be fair, we've not really talked about Sheffield winning the Cup, have we? We've not really... Oh. We didn't really put any emphasis on that. We said it was a good game, the atmosphere was yeah, good. We've no. not really mentioned it. We've, we've kept that quite neutral, so... Um, no, we've not I mentioned it. I saw We've not mentioned that we've won the Cup at all, no. 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 But yeah, really next item on the agenda. The next item on the agenda is uh, is the league running. Um, <laughs> Where's it running? So to? we keep saying that it's uh, that it's <laughs> fluctuating. Away from. 
We keep saying that it's fluctuating. One minute you think it's Cardiff, one minute you think it's Sheffield. So I just, I'm just going to put it over to you guys. And what do we think at this point in the season? Who's going to come away with the league title? Corona. <laughs> Corona. Five. <laughs> you can't I, think we, I think we need to start a petition to get the London five races. flyers. I think the five flyers need the CHL spot for this season. Can you imagine, can you that? imagine, can you imagine for London rocking up <laughs> on their private plane? Playing in Kakoda. Can you imagine that? It would have been better in it would have been better in Edinburgh, wouldn't it? Because they'd have, they'd have driven round the corner onto that little dirt track over the bridge towards Murrayfield. They'd have seen Murrayfield Rugby Field. Arena and been like, "Oh my God, is this what? We, oh, now we're playing in a tin shed." Okay. Oh, can you imagine the Burn fans? <laughs> the Alsberg fans at five. At five, bloody hell. <laughs> Would certainly be interesting. Certainly be interesting. Now, to be fair, I mean, gents, we, we you know, we, we, we jest. Um, obviously, season's over. Um, we'll come over to, we'll, we'll speak about coronavirus uh, later on in the podcast. But obviously, uh, it was announced Friday last week. Yes. Friday last week. Um, that there will be no uh, end to the season, essentially. The season is now ended. Um, playoffs is over uh, and is now being put forward as a, as a how they phrase it a magic four weekend or whatever oh, however magic they, five yeah magic five um, so yeah no playoffs no end to the season uh, Steelers winning a grand slam and yeah so I've done both of us being back to back reigning champions no don't start me off on this <laughs> Cardiff getting the three pit on the playoffs I, so the the league have announced now the league have confirmed that there will be no official champion of the the 2020 season 2019 2020 season um which i think is the only way you could have done it i'm loving seeing the arguments between belfast and cardiff fans as to who should be the league title champions i mean i'm i'm not being funny i mean i i'm i'm I fully support the decision from the league. I'd say this if it was the Steelers that were up there. It's irrelevant, really. Yeah. I'm fully supportive of the decision to say no winners. You never know how the results are going to go. But yeah. I don't think any of us could argue if there was anybody that would be the league cha- league champions for this season. If you had to name the league champions, you couldn't name a team but Cardiff. Be leaning against that only because of the um, running of the last game of the season. Had they not had Sheffield the last game of the season? Yeah, but they'd have had to lose three games before they lost to Sheffield. Doable. Yeah, but no. Yeah, but the argument isn't is it doable? The argument is if you had to net, if you had to say, if you had to stand there now, you couldn't say there's no winner of the league. You couldn't. You couldn't go. Nobody wins it. If you had to just say there's a winner of the league, the only I, winner could be the only winner. Ha- the only winner that you could name would be Cardiff. You, you be do it on, you do it on the basis of, of them finishing first before the season was was finished. Yeah, even but if you, no, even I, you took into account games in hand and things like that, that's what I mean. I mean, I'm not, as I say, I support the decision to say nobody wins. But if you had to pick a winner, the only winner you could pick would be Cardiff. I took Belfast. Don't, don't. <laughs> you say that though. I mean, look, look at last season when Cardiff were Lampard's in front. And then they lost quite a few games, didn't they? The Belfast won majority majority of theirs, and they won on by one point. Didn't they? 
Yeah, but the thing is, Cardiff have got... Card, let's say Cardiff have got... How many games do they have left? About six games? Eight. Is it eight games? Okay, fair eight enough. Games, yeah. But still, they'd have to lose three games plus the game against Sheffield. Possible. You just have an idea. It's possible. No, I'm, I'm, it's, as I say, I'm, this, the whole point of this wasn't to say it was definitely nailed on going to be Cardiff. But if you had to name a winner of the league, the only the only team you could say would be Cardiff. If you, had, if, if you said the league stops now and you have to choose the winner of the league title, the only team that you could say would be Cardiff. Because just mathematically, just from a perspective of looking at it and saying that they're so far in front, mathematically now, it would be Cardiff that would have to lose that title. You, you couldn't then turn around and say Sheffield with the league title. You couldn't give it to Nottingham. You couldn't give it to Belfast. And all the, and I'm sorry, but all this, we're the reigning champions because we won it the year before. It's a load of rubbish. Nobody's won it this season. Just... Leave it do at you, that. Do you, not, do you not think that that is being said mainly by the Belfort just to get the rise, and they have had the rise from the elements online of the Holy Van Valkada fan base um, and ownership? I, I did I did like Steve King uh, throwing a couple of grenades uh, on Twitter this week to talk about how they were the best team and they should be champions regardless of what they're in suits say. Um, yeah, the it's the environment they brought up, and of course, yeah. But now the right decision, no one to be crowned champion. It's been yeah. consistent throughout Europe, so it's, you know the consistency's been there. Um, yeah, no one wins it, no one's reigning it because no one won it to be the reigning champion. So uh, I, I just think I think it's Belfast fans uh, throwing the bait and uh, Fairfield down in the bay bits hard. To be fair, in the majority, I agree. But the other thing is, I've seen so many Steelers fans saying, we've won a Grand Slam. And it's a joke, and fair enough, it's funny. Like, we all said it as a joke once it was announced. Oh, there's no winner, that means Steelers have won a Grand Slam. That's where it ends. None of us actually genuinely believe that Steelers have won a Grand Slam. I have genuinely sat there and sifted through comments of Steelers fans trying to justify... Over and over and over and over again, why we've won a Grand Slam. And you just sit there and you think, that is the reason that people hate Steelers. Because their fan base sit there, they win a title, they're more interested in rubbing that in other teams' faces, and then the only thing they're interested in come the end of the season, in the face of a global pandemic, is going on multiple social media platforms and posting, we got a Grand Slam, and just constantly for once of a better word, banging the drum of, oh, we won a Grand Slam, oh, we won a Grand Slam. That's the reason that drums should be banned, because it's a load of crap. <laughs> yeah, if I think anybody trying to legit say, let us a Grand Slam, yeah, I think that can go in the bin. Um, like I said, we all mentioned it, we all kind of said it very jest, in, in jest and in good humour. Um, and in fairness, we, we need that uh, a heck of a lot in these times, we need a lot of humour, a lot of laughter. Um, but it also needs to have some form of, uh, of, of sense as well. Um, so, yeah. No champion. Done, dusted. No champion of the playoffs, so no free peak for Cardiff. The only physical piece of silver that was won out and out was the Challenge Cup. And that's the only one that you could really get next year, in my humble opinion, go they're the defending champions. I know Belfast and Cardiff will do their respective uh, piece of silver, but uh, if we're being blunt and honest... There's only one team that can go and um, tout their games as defending champions, and that's in the Challenge Cup action. 
So who do we think then, gents? But I mean, based on the fact that we're, there's no playoffs, there's no end to the league, there's no league ta- uh, champions. Who do we give the CHL spot to, and who do we give the Conti Cup spot to? I have two theories. I've banged one majority, so I'll go with that. I would say Cardiff for the CHL spot and Sheffield for the Conti Cup spot on the basis of following how it's been done in Europe. When I say that, is that they've the playoffs in Europe have ended and they've gone on the league standings, which would give Cardiff the CHL spot, Sheffield the Conti Cup spot. The only twist to that would be that there's only been they've done that as the the national championships the regular season is finished, which hasn't happened in in the UK. So you could tenuously argue, and I would be like we're talking three, four, five percent selling it, that you'd actually go on as a tiebreak the actual t- tournament that's actually ended, which would be the Challenge Cup. Now it's mm. not something I'd prescribe to. My cards on the table, I go with what's ha- how the league finished at that time. That's where I give the spot to. However, from an argument of, well, the league weren't finished, and that's where we're basing it on, but actually this tournament's finished, completed, with all teams entered, that could be a def- definitive way of deciding, right, the winner of that actually takes the CHL. In these ex- absolute crazy times, it's not the norm. The norm is league winner takes, uh, playoff winner takes the County Cup. These are extreme times, so it's you know it's it's one-offs. But that's the only way you could really go. However, but if I'm if I'm honest, my gut feeling, I would say Cardiff for the CHL spot because they finished on top at the time the league finished. Sheffield would take the Continental Cup spot, um, not only finishing second and doing on the basis of uh, the playoff winner being the league winner, and therefore we got second, but also the only piece of one would be the Continental Cup. Challenge. So, I took, I'm taking a leaf from you, mate. <laughs> I weren't missing it when you when you got those confused, mate. In fairness, mate, we've rinsed you for that one for many times, so you, it's, it's only paid. Yeah, we'll keep going. Oh, that's not that's not the argument we're having, you, mate. Um, I would expect no less. Specs, what do you think to that one? I, personally, yeah, I think that would be the probably like the ideal scenario of having Cardiff with the CHL and then yourselves with the Conti Cup. It's the only way I could think of that's more like logic to take place. I mean, I know logic doesn't really take place much sometimes anyway on the internet. Certainly don't on social media. Yeah, certainly doesn't. But yeah, I'd probably go with that. It's the only way I can think of, really. Which means we still get to see maybe Fulham to play against Cardiff. I don't think Cardiff will receive that after last season. Hopefully, not on a weekday. That way we can travel down there. Too right. Correct. Now, you see, I'd, I'd have it the other way around. Simply because of... It wasn't just Cardiff or games hand. It was you know pretty much a lot of other teams as well. It, it might have only been two... Two games that Cardiff had on, let's say, Coventry or uh, Belfast, but you know, if a season's not finished and you've still got six, seven games to go, possibly even more than that, then I'd give say a shell spot based on the only League Cup winners so far, and that would be she- Sheffield, and I'd give Continental Cup to Cardiff, and. 
I'd say that even if we were on Friday and we and we were top of the league, and then if Cardiff won the, the Challenge Cup on Sunday, I I say the same thing. Yeah, but the thing is, mathematically, it would have been a different ball game if we'd have won on Friday. Mathematically, we'd have been top of the league, but Cardiff would have still been top of the league if you take into a point in the games and Whereas you look at Cardiff, you look at Cardiff, they won the league, so Cardiff has sat top of the league, and nobody, in, if you take into account the games in hand, people can't catch them up. Whereas if Sheffield had beaten Cardiff on the Friday, they'd have still been sat in the top top spot in the league now, but Cardiff would have caught them with the games in hand, if that makes sense. I think that it's, it's it's a bit of an awkward one to discuss because there that's the difference. I understand what you're saying completely, but with games and you can't always guarantee that it'd be a win. I mean, you also got Coventry with a few games in hand. You've got Belfast with a few games in hand. So yeah, but none of them could have caught up with Cardiff still. Well, if if they had lost some of their Cardiff lost some of their games, which might have happened, you just never know, and it, it's because of that, you know. You can't really just assume things with the Elite League because you never know what's going to happen until the final day, final day of gameplay sometimes. So in that respect, I, I think the fairest option would be to give it to the person, to a team who, who has won the only silverware so far, and then give the Conti Cup to the team that was in first place. For me, that's just the fairest way because of this horrible, awful virus that has literally just taken over our whole lives. That's just how I, how I see it. See, I'd I'd say I'd, I I see I wouldn't go with the Conti Cup when uh, the I've done it now I've done it again now I told him I got <laughs> day for it and I, I was half reading something else then. So what is that? Um, I rewind. Um, I, I, just, I I just wouldn't go with the Challenge Cup winners getting the CHO. Um, I think the whole I I, I just. The bottom line is, across the games in the league, across however many games they were, Cardiff were the best performing team. And the and the, 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 the CHL, the Champions Hockey League, is about the best performing team taking part. And I think when you look at the standings, yes, I, I fully agree. And as I say, I'm, I, I fully support the league's decision to say there's no winner for the exact reason that you guys are saying that it, it's very, very plausible that Cardiff could have lost the games and thrown the league away. They did it last season. Very, very plausible, particularly with the last game of the season being against Sheffield. So I f- fully, fully agree with that. However, I think once you look at it in terms of the performance that each team's putting, Cardiff were the best performing team to date. Solely, I mean, you look at their points percentage. Sheffield was 64% point percentage. Cardiff was 70 um, you know, Cardiff were a point above Sheffield with having played three less games. And as I say, if if you work all the teams up to forty nine games, which is that which is what how many Sheffield have played and they played the most amount um in the league, if you work them all up to forty nine games and just give default points per game in hand, Cardiff still top the league. And I just for me, that's just that should be enough in, in my mind for them to get that CHL spot it isn't enough for them to get the league title they don't win the league title and yes you could you could argue that it means that Cardiff have been robbed of the league title because by all intents and purposes they should and I don't think any of us will disagree with this they should it was very much in their hands to win that league 
And that's not saying they would. That's not saying it would have happened. But they should, with what they had left in front of them to play, they should have won that league. As I say, they needed to lose three games plus the game in Sheffield to throw that league away. So not saying it would have happened by any means, but it was very much in their hands. Um, so it's, to my mind, it should be Cardiff that gets the CHL spot, but don't get the league title. And then Sheffield get the, the Connolly Cup spot as the team that's won the cup. But I think the, the principle the principle behind the CHL being the Champions Hockey League, the team that's performed the best across the 60 games in a season or however many games in the season, 40, 40 games in the season, even in 61. Um, that's the team that should get the CHL spot. In my, in my mind, I get the other argument, I get the other side, but that's just that's my personal opinion. But I think the issue is it's a catch-22 for the league, isn't it? They're never going to they're never going to please everybody. If they say that Cardiff get the CHL, then then Sheffield fans are going to be miffed off. If they say Sheffield get the CHL, then Cardiff fans are going to be miffed off. There's there's just there's no there's the, the bottom line is there's no right or wrong answer. They're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. No, I'd, I'd agree that it's a case of whoever they decide. You know, the other set of fan base will be whinging and, and moaning. But, you know, in fairness, you know, if it's between Sheffield and Cardiff, I know some Belfast fans are trying to say they've got a, a sniff of a chance of a CHL spot. Back in the bin you go. Um, both, get, both get European action. And in all fairness, you know, a weekend away watching your team in the Connick Cup's not a bad thing. You know, might get Griff going abroad. Now his passport sorted. Um, Is it Denmark for the Connick Cup? Well, they they seem they seem to host it all every year. Either Denmark or France. Amiens would be the the French team, if my um, guess is correct. And then I can't remember the full pronunciation of the uh, the Danish team, but they're the far north of Denmark. Um, <sighs> would be hosting it, but they say do ten toes unless Sheffield host it. Assuming Sheffield take the the Connolly Cup spot. I hope not. I don't. Well, be cheaper than Carlsberg. It would, but also you get robbed of that trip. You do get robbed of that trip, but you know. Now, I would have to go to Denmark if there's um, Bacardi Breezer. Oh, yeah, yeah. the Bacardi Breezer has to be present. Can you imagine if, to resolve the issue, instead of doing the league winner or the or a, the highest finishing team in the league and then the, the cup winner or however you're going to do it. Can you imagine if they put together two all-star teams and had, a, so you picked like your best players from the elite, from the elite league and put them forward. Imagine you've got like Kevin Carr in net with Sam Hur, Brendan Connolly, that, that ruffles some feathers. Joey Martin. Joey, Joey Martin. Joey Martin, of course. The GOAT has to be there. Danny Gauthier. Danny Gauthier. Valorand. Mm-hmm. Dallas Earhart. Nah, don't be daft. Sam Jones. Springer. Yeah. Nathan Lyons. <laughs> Liam Sewell. <Brilliant>. Liam Sewell. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Have we got or, anything else? Ooh, or... Here's an idea for you. Do you create the teams and the players 
on NHL 20 and just sim a season on that? No. No. Sorry. Just a thought. Fair thought, but no. Thank you. I think there, I think there's more One chance podcast. of I think hey got them before me. <laughs> I think I think there's more chance of the Conti Corp and CHL um places going to whichever team Seth Bennett pulls out of a Morrison's carrier bag on the ice in the fly, fly DSA arena. Were it Marks the Sparks? Oh was it Marks the Sparks? I thought it was Morrison's. I didn't think I we'd gone as up market. I uh, thought it was in the MS bag. Let's just presume it was little. Not waitress then. No, that's only for the playoffs. I feel like we could have had there was, was a marketing opportunity there, wasn't it? We could have a that's why Seth shops at Iceland. <laughs> Do you like Seth? Do you like no. Seth? He's not a bad bloke. You can just picture Please. it now 20 chicken nuggets, just one pound. Nice. Now we've gone into like an Emily Pregnant Brothers song. 20 chicken nuggets, it costs a pound. <laughs> For those who don't know what Emily Pregnant Brothers are, Spotify, Google them. Google them. You'll, you'll not, you will not waste your time. Good stuff. It costs a pound. In pound land I've found. Everything's a pound. It's <laughs> our theme song, though. Definitely. Jack and um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Um, does anybody else have anything to add on uh, on league running, or are we good to move on? Have we talked about a league running on a league that's ended? We've talked about it for 15 minutes. Um, because only next... we can do that. Yeah. Hashtag the MFZ way. Um, the next thing that I've got on the agenda is the MVPs. Um, the plan was... Had the league continued for us to do two teams this week and then two teams next week for the MVPs. Um, given the fact that we've got no real hockey to discuss, um, we've decided to go for the MVPs for the four remaining teams. Uh, and we'll put these all out on social media across the week. Um, so, gents, the teams that we've got this week are Guildford, Sheffield, Glasgow and Nottingham. Um, somebody pick a random team out from a Marks and Sparks carrier bag Nottingham Nottingham you've picked the one at the bottom of my agenda Um, yeah Um, go for it who wants to take take away with uh, with Nottingham we'll go we'll do your usual pick as players and then we'll come up with two players between us I suspect I know which two players we're going to go with from Nottingham so so I've gone with three as I did in the last teams we've done um, Sam Hare um, just for celebration in Sheffield uh, Carr <laughs> out, outstanding performance and um, Mad Dog Matheson he's had a bit of a renaissance um, he's you know ex-dealer uh, had a stellar season for the Panthers so that'd be my three if I had to pick one go for celebration Hare can you imagine this, like, instead of it being coronavirus, it was a stellar virus. It would bring a very different meaning to the phrase, he's had a stellar season, wouldn't it? That's next year. <laughs> That's next year. <laughs> oh, God. Vile stuff. Should have been Carlsberg virus, wouldn't it? Oh, that's the year after. <laughs> it might be next year if we met Conti Cup. <laughs> <laughs> then he got Bacardi virus. <laughs> 
So who are the three teams you're picking under? Three teams. That's a team of players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, firstly, got to go with the netminder Kevin Carr. 37 games. Uh, goals against average of 2.4 and a save percentage of 90.91. So can't argue with that. Really good start. Uh, so you did that. Can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. Uh, second one. Same as Dave, Mark Mouston. I thought he had a great season in Sheffield, but this year of Nottingham, he, he really has you know, upped his level. He's got 44 points in 49 and a plus-minus of plus four. Pretty good for a D-man as well, so well done for him. And obviously, has to be Sam Hur, the leading goal scorer uh, of the league so far, and obviously forever this season. Um 59 points in 46, plus minus of 16. Yeah. If I had to pick one of them, um, Sam Hur, yeah. See, I'm going to go with Sam Hur. I mean, I think that's going to be a theme here, as well as Obviously, Kevin Carr. And then, person I'm choosing after that is Jake Hansen, just because came through mid-October. 38 games in the league, 40 points. Got 12 points in the County Cup run that they had, not Challenge Cup, County Cup. And then, 8 points in the actual Challenge Cup in 7 games. Pretty decent for a person that came through mid-October time. If I had to pick one, though, obviously I'd go with Sam Hare. I like someone chipping about the County Cup and Challenge Cup confusion from someone who's not going to see his own team in the County Cup. It's fine. You can't miss playoffs. There's no playoffs to miss. Oh, I see where you went there, mate. I mean, the flip side to that is it's another year that Manchester missed the playoffs, even when they looked like they could have made them. But, you know, we'll, we'll go and with... Buffalo we'll go as well. With, and Buffalo. And Buffalo. Yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> true. Um, I'm I'm staying with in suit with the first two players that I'm saying, Sam Ahur and, uh, and Kevin Carr. The third player that I'm saying is Julian Talbot. Um, similar reasons to Greff, in a way, to be fair. He came in, and I think that the combination of her and... Start again. The combination of Talbot and Hansen, I think, really, really contributed to the turnaround of, of a very, very poor starting Panthers team. Um, and yeah, I mean, 30 points in 33, so slightly less than Hansen. Uh, played five less games as well, but plus minus of plus 16. Um, yeah, I just, I just thought he was a very, very influential player for them and uh, did a stellar job, but his brother is still better. So. Agreed. So I think it's fair to say for the two players going for the poll, I think it is going to be Sam Hurt and Kevin Carr. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Are we all in agreement with that, gents? Yep. Yep. It would be difficult so. not to give him we all mentioned the two players. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd, I'd give the opportunity. Oh, no, courtesy was there. Understandable. So that leaves us with Guildford, Sheffield and Glasgow. Somebody pick a team. Guildford. 
sound. Uh, Gref, take it away then. You, you said Guildford, give us your three for Guildford. Yeah, well, my three would be Cruz Riddick, uh, John Dubar, and then I'd probably go with Ian Waters. All three have had a pretty decent season, considering the season they had last year, they just carried it on. So I've gone for for Guildford. Um, I've gone Reddick as well. Um, Got to keep some some goalie fee. I've gone I've gone Walter Peters. Um, he's been very very surprising um, to what people expected. And then it'd be rude not to mention Sir Ben Davies. Um, you know, anybody argues his knighthood can go in the bin, and we all know why he has that. Um, another good season for uh, for Ben. Um, shame he's not going to, by the looks, things going to get the opportunity to uh, showcase his talents again on the world stage. Guarantee you that at this point, Ben's just turned out and said he needs to stop saying put him in the bin. Guaranteed. Um, my three are John Dunbar. Um, 43 points in 47. Uh, Ian Waters, 36 points in 46. And Jesse Craig, 30 points in 45 from a demon. So they're my three. Yeah, good shout uh, I've gone with also Cruz Reddick, 41 in 46. Uh, I've also gone John Dunbar. We've mentioned quite a bit as well. And... Um, a bit of an outsider probably towards the um, start of the league campaign, but I think towards the back end, he really has made a massive contribution for Guildford and they would not have won as many games as I have without him. Uh, and that's Jamie Crooks, 36 in 47. Uh, it's just, just been an absolute sensation for Guildford after, after um, I'd probably say December, January time. You no, know, he, he really has uh, upped his game and he's, he's become something else and he must be a real target for a lot of... Uh, a lot of teams around the league. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Has everybody given their three? Yeah. So what are we thinking? Um, I, I think from that to my mind, it's John Dunbar and Cruz Reddick there. Yeah, they're the ones that have had yeah. the most. Uh, they both had three mentions. What is the honourable mention with two? So I, yeah. I'd be agreeing with Reddick and Dunbar. So we all happy with that, boys? Yep. So, so we now move on. We've got Sheffield and Glasgow left. Somebody pick a team. Let's go Glasgow. Glasgow. Sound. Somebody give me uh, their players. Then. So I'll I'll jump in. Um, so I'll start. Travis Earhart, the the better of the two brothers. Um, uh, Laporte. That's like choosing the better of two mouldy mouldy pieces of bread. Like that. What, what? <laughs> Um, movies have gone, and, and Matt Hayward. He'd be one of the players that I'd uh, put in that list. Fair play. Uh, I've gone Nolan Laporte as well. Um, pretty sure every game I've seen he's made massive contributions, either you know, uh, getting points on the board or, or just really grinding that 
the um, the puck to make a play, and then North playing the balls really well. Uh, every game that I've seen, he's, he's, he's been great for them, so he's one of my picks. Uh, another one is Rasmus Bierum. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he is 37-48 and plus two, uh, also a D-man, so great stats for him. Because a great great season in, in in Glasgow and last one, uh, a little bit harder for me personally, but uh, I know I was in quite a lot of money, but I still think he did pretty decently well. Uh, that's Chad Ra, uh, thirty six in forty three. I'm gonna go with uh, Rasmus Bureau as well. Uh, Nolan Laporte. And then I'm going to go with Scott Pitt. I thought it was quite an underwhelming season for Scott Pitt. It was a pretty underwhelming season for him, but still, 45 games, 45 games played, 30 points. Yeah, oh yeah, true, yeah. Comes back down to the Ben Lake thing for Belfast again, doesn't it? Just, you know, an underwhelming season, but still a good season nonetheless. Yeah. Um, my three are Nolan Laporte, uh, Rasmus Bierum and Chad Rao. Um, all pushing above 30 points. 39 points for Laporte, 37 for Bierum, 36 for Rao. Andy, you've not nailed the headers. The only reason I was a bit hesitant for Chad Rao is, is probably just the wage that I would expect him to be on. Uh, but 36 in 43, not as much of an underwhelming stat as I expected him to have. Um, from certain stages of the season, I, th- I think I don't think I really noticed him a great deal when he was playing against Sheffield. But you can't argue with the stats that he's put up. Choose two again, boys. I'm, I'm suspecting we're going Laporte and Bierum. Yeah, they're the ones I've had the most mentions. Sound good to me. So last but not least, then boys, we've got the Sheffield Steelers for the final team. So we're going to try and not show any bias here. Um, so please keep your answers to a minimum of 240 characters, just like a tweet. So shall we let Grefka first on this one? To show that we don't have any bias at all. Yeah, sure, why like, not? Like Gref needs to give his three in between us giving ours. So, like, Dave, you give your three, and then Greff gives one, and then Andy gives his three, and then, I, and then he gives one. And I <laughs> give one, just to make sure that it's spread out. Uh, whatever ways you want it. No, I don't Start. know. Just, just go for your three. Go. All right. uh, I'll go I'll with... 200. <laughs> go Sorry. With Tom, Thomas Duba. Interesting. Pretty good season for him. Uh... Go with Marek Trunchinski. Megatron. Yep, Megatron as you guys called him. And then I'd go with Tanner Eberle. Yeah. So I would go uh, Eberle. Keep the, the Islander connection there. I'd also, in the change of my initial three, I've, I've, I've added Trunchinski. Um, but I would also have Valorand um, being crucial to uh, a lot of the success for the Sheffield this season. Um, a lot of goals and assists. Been a, has had a very good season 
in orange. Hmm. Obviously, this, this was the hardest one. Um, but it, no, if no, you would not skip... Let's not, not give any bias. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Sorry. Apologies, everyone. <laughs> It would be rude not to give uh, Duba a mention because he's kept in a lot of games. Uh, Pulled some fantastic saves. Obviously, his saves at back end won winners the cup. So, yeah, got to go with him. Secondly, David Phillips. You know, you know what? Well, I, I think he's had possibly the best season for us t today. I mean, on the back end, he's been absolutely solid. He's probably not got the most. 14 and 49, but you know, still solid on the back end has been that that link we really needed. And thirdly, yeah, Ballarand. Many many reasons uh, for that is 51 in 40 games, uh, great season for him. But more importantly, he's he's such a character guy. You know, he's he's one of those we've not really had had since Perron. I'd say, and just a yeah. really good personality about him. Um, Always got a smile on his face. Loves it in Sheffield. Great with the fans. Uh, what else do you want? So, yeah. Yeah, my three are Marek Tronczynski, uh, Anthony DeLuca, who I think has just showed some serious character throughout the season. Um, not to mention the, uh, the seven-point game against Manchester. Thank you very much, Gref. Um, seven points, Gref, not one. He could have done it seven times. You never know. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything there. Uh, and my last one is a bit more out of the box uh, in comparison to what you guys have said, but Nikolai Lemtigov, just solely for the amount of skill that that guy has. Um, very similar effect on the puck to people like Connie Stromberg, um, who are players that could just slow play down um, he gets the puck on his stick and there's just no rush, there's no pressure. It's just he calms it down, slows it down and plays the move. Uh, but a lot more stick skill um, in, in in the package as well. I mean, not, Stromberg wasn't the most skillful of players, uh, but Lemtigov absolutely bags of skill. Uh, and as I say, with that comes just an ability to slow the whole game down. I want to mention just a couple of things. I mean, we mentioned about character. I think of all the teams in the Elite League this season, and yeah, we may be slightly biased that we see it more, but you can kind of get the gauge for looking at the teams. This, as a team full of character, Sheffield has had it in abundance. Um, you can, you know, there's players, you know, mentioned Dave Phillips, Robert Dowd, um, Jonathan Phillips, you know, other guys who have got so much character. But you mentioned, uh, Andy, we mentioned Dave Phillips. For me, I think that's as aching in his performance to what got him a season in the AHL. Yeah. At some at certain points of the season we've mentioned, and I think even Gref mentioned when when you've been up in Sheffield, where he's been at points our defender of the season. But I think it was before Kuka came over. But Phillips, you know, I've not mentioned him in the three, but has had a stellar season. Mm. So, but if you look at the four teams we mentioned tonight, there's a lot. You know, Hearn's got character and abundance. Uh, Relic has um, you know, there's, there's plenty of character throughout the teams that we mentioned tonight and the season but actually there's a collective number of people with character and absolute bags of you know, if we're allowed to say it Sheffield had, had it in abundance 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. Who are we saying for his two for Sheffield then? I think Tron's given. Yeah, I'd say Tron. mentioned a few times. Um, I wouldn't... I personally, and I'll give this as my counter-argument because he was mentioned twice, I personally wouldn't... I would give him as an honourable mention, but I wouldn't have Duba on that list. So we have... Sorry to jump in, Joe. We've got Duba, Eberle and Valorant mentioned twice. The reason that I wouldn't say Duba is because what we've actually said, I mean, we've shortened it down to MVP. And if it's MVP, then I would certainly have Duba on the list if it was just MVP solely. What we've said on previous episodes is this is the number one priority. Well, we're, we're essentially trying to figure out who we would say is the number one priority signing for the next season. And I think in in that respect, I don't. I think age alone, you wouldn't say Duba for that. I think he's what he's 38 now. There's the ongoing issue of what happens if he gets injured. There's then the issue of does that mean Sheffield sign a goalie in addition to Duba? We've obviously capped 18 imports next season. Yes, there's a 19th import that can be signed pending goalie injury. However. 38, 39-year-old goalie. You're not going to want a goalie in already. Not going to want to bring in a second goalie before that injury, just to cover. That That's the only thing. If it weren't for that, I would, hands down, I would have Duber as one of the top two. And if it was just MVP, I'd be having Duber on that list, and I'd have said it myself. But if we're looking at it as the, the, the priority signings for next season, I wouldn't have Duber on that list. I'd lean to that logic as well. Um... And as the goalie amongst the four of us, uh, yeah, still a season. But if we're looking at the one that you want as your first signing, yeah, yeah, he's not up there at the top of the list. Up there, but not top of the list. Yeah. So you're, I, limited, you're him, limited to, to Eberlate and Valorant. I'd have him as a goalie coach. Because, yeah, but the thing is as well... No, is no imagine the, the knowledge you'll gain from him. If you have him as a goalie coach, you've got a lot of knowledge. I mean, you look at some of the leagues that Duba's played in, and he's played in some serious, you know, seriously high-quality leagues, and he's got a lot of experience. He's shown that this season, to be fair to him. But also, as I say, you get a 19th import if your goalie gets injured. If you have Duba as your goalie coach, you've just sorted out your possible 19th import. Because if your goalie gets injured, then you just pop him onto the players roster and you play him. Job done. Yeah. Or if uh, Jimmy Prado stays next season, you could have Martin coming over as a goalie coach. Martin, who is the uh, senior VP and senior advisor for the New Jersey yeah. Devils. That was a joke, by the way. I didn't mean it seriously. <laughs> oh, no, it's all right. I say, I say that because I, I've seen, I've seen, I've made the same joke myself, and I've genuinely, again, I've seen a number of Steelers fans legitimately saying that they all. I wonder if Martin's going to come over, and you just think, <laughs> not a prayer. As if. <laughs> I, to be fair, it more surprised me because I'd not realised quite how senior a position that he's got for the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. But yeah, so who are we saying, gents? We've we've got if we if we're saying Tron, if everybody's happy with Tron, then we've got to decide one more player. 
I mentioned both Eberle and Valorant. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mention either. I'm tossing the coin by Valorant. If if it were me, and I and I would, I, I'd say this from a, a kind of almost a from almost a casting vote kind of perspective of you guys have all said one or the other or both. I haven't said either of them, but my my honest opinion out of the two of them would be Valorant. Just because I think I think I think he's in the thing is, and it's one of the reasons that I said Deluca, um, is that they bring so much character to the team. You know, Deluca, Eberle, Valorant. That line itself. Yeah, they all bring that. Um, but dreamed character. Um, yeah, absolutely. But then you look at, you know, the. Um, no, you look at the you look at the stats wise as well, and I mean Valorant, Valorant put fifty one in forty, Eberle put forty four in forty nine. So from a stats perspective alone, um, Valorant was the better behaved, less penalty minutes, but Eberle had the better plus minus. But when you compare the lines. Valorant being out on first line is going to be he's going to be out get out there against the first line of the other team as well consistently. My my honest answer would be Valorant, but it's up to you guys as well. We me and Andy have said that, Gref. Yeah, should go for it. Where's a good number, so you know. He's not wrong there. So. So Tronchinsky and Valorant. Yep. Sound. So just to recap on the four teams and who we're going to go for and put the vote out to the listeners as who you'll pick. Um, Glasgow, we have gone for uh, Laporte and, and Rasmus. I didn't write his surname. I'm not going to try to. Uh, him. Uh, Nottingham, we've got Sam Hare and Kemi Carr. Guildford, we're going Reddick and Dunbar. And Sheffield, Tronsinski and Valorand. Um, one thing I'll say in relation to the polls, uh, Twitter will stay the same uh, because they've not changed it. Facebook have really helpfully decided to change the way they're doing polls. Uh, unless it's changed back, I don't think it has. What we now have to do is put it on our story um, rather than put it on our, our, our Facebook timeline, which means it's only available for 24 hours. Um, we'll be putting that out tomorrow, I believe, if I remember. Uh, but if you if you're on Facebook and you're looking to vote, just keep an eye out on our story and vote on there because we can't put it on our wall. Um, anything else to add on MVPs, gents? I think that's just about no, covers it off. I think we've 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 sorted that one well and truly. What what we'll do um, next week um, is we'll get a list of. The, the one that's been decided for each team over social media, and we'll get a list of those ten, the ten MVPs slash priority re-signings, um, and we'll list all those all off next week. Um, mainly because I've not prepped for the ones that we did last time round. <laughs> I don't have them in front of me. <laughs> um, so you know who the Manchester one was? Matt Gin. Matt Gin. If memory serves me right, Matt. It was Matt Gin. Uh, Cardiff was. Gleeson Fournier, uh, five was Danit Gautier, 
I can't remember what other teams we've said. Belfast. Belfast. Who did we say for Coventry? Mott. Was it CJ Mott Mott or Ferrara, wasn't it? I think think that was Ferrara. Yeah. Um, Belfast Rain. It was Rain and Farnham, I think. I think Rain took the biscuit on that one, I think. Yeah, I think he got it as well. And then I Dundee. Remember. I can't even remember who we said for Dundee. Was it Defoe? It was Defoe and... Uh, Dow. Dow, yes. Yeah, it was, yeah. I yeah, think Defoe Dow. that one. Yeah. Um, what about five? Who did we say for five? Gautier. Oh, it's a Gautier. It was Gautier and Morrison. Of course, of course yeah. Andy's going to know it's Gautier. Gautier. I can't remember who actually won that because I, I've, now I've said it was Morrison with it. I think I think it was still Gautier. I think it was Gautier. We'll confirm him anyway. We'll confirm him next week because <laughs> uh, obviously then we'll have the full list of, of winners. Um, so, yeah, we'll confirm them next week. Um, if, we're, if we've got nothing else to add on the MVPs, uh, we'll move on to the next thing on the agenda, guys. All good? Yep. In smiling faces, so we'll go with that. Um, the next thing on my agenda, and if it were a Steelers lineup, it would be COVID-19. Um, coronavirus has had a significant effect, in it, and we jest, um, and I think it's one of those, if you don't laugh, you cry moments. Um and what we, I, we what we will say now is whilst little little jokes may be made, um, you know, it's certainly not made to undermine the severity of, of the situation. Um, I think more and more people are becoming aware of the severity of it and quite frankly has had a significant impact on um, the world, the country, like the country. But um, yeah, I mean, pretty much every... Every sporting event has come to a halt. Uh, and I think the eye-opening part for me was seeing the NHL suspend their season and then, even more shockingly to my mind, the KHL then suspending their season. Um, so, yeah, but obviously, from a domestic point of view, the big impact of that was the uh, the ending of the 2019-20 season in the Elite League. I think I think you're right. Um it is one of them if you laugh if you don't laugh you'll cry um it's scary times uh, a lot of people are worried rightfully so um a lot of people in in the underlining category bracket i put my hands up on one of them and it's it's just scary uh Gref's, obviously you're one of them as well so it's it's some of that's that is it's hit home when you see the vast amount of european leagues that have ended their seasons early because of it um and it's a shame um, that's happened because a lot of leagues were really bubbling to be a good ending. The right thing to do. Um, and it's not just hockey that it's impacted the, the Premier League and the EFL are now to the end of April. Uh, Euro 2020 is now 2021. Uh, be a good summer of international football there. Um, you have golf's been impacted. Tennis, every sport has had an impact upon it. Um, golf? And, Golfers, yeah, golf's one of them. Um, end of the day, though, it's there's, there's one, you know, we're all there, you know, cabin fever, want some live sport, want this, oh, where's my hockey and all that. There's one thing that's so more important than that's the safety of everyone. You know, end of the I was day. I joke and say working from home. 
<laughs> no, actually, it's not. Um, but, I'm know, loving same. working from home. Well, you know, um, it's everyone's safety. You know, the sport will still be here in six, nine months' time. Uh, and so long as us for everyone listening and everyone who's not listening are still here to be able to watch that. That's the main thing. Um, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> me and Griff were talking this morning randomly about it, but it's like, you see the worst of it in people, you know, stockpiling or the bog roll. I'm not sure how that illness gives you the, the runs <laughs> and pasta. Um, gives you yeah, the runs to the bog roll in the, in the, uh, in the sequel. It's like, yeah, but it's also seeing the best of people. And, and you know, you, you got, you know, your folk on, on the front line, as it were, the, the, the NHS, the care workers, you know, the teachers, the services that everyone kind of dismiss, dismisses, but actually are the most important ones as we speak now. Um, social, workers. Kind of social workers, yeah, all in, interlinks. You know, and we, we're here talking about it in a sporting context, but sport brings people together fact always has always will um so you know it, it's a bit of a bummer it's, it's, ho- it's horrible you know we're all watching old old movies and old old films of old games and, and, and previous glories but so long as we're all here and we, we, we fight the damn thing and come september october november and we get to watch last sport fair play There's not really much to say now apart from, well, yeah, it's a bit of a pain that it's actually cancelled so many sporting events, so many social events as well. Yeah. Outside of sporting worlds, like, for example, my, my cousin was supposed to have a, a wedding at the end of this month. They've had to postpone that back to December. We've had a, one of our friends, their 30th. Had to cancel that. There's a lot of things that people are having to cancel, put their life on hold, just to make sure they're healthy. They're taking away our pubs. It's, yeah, it's like that South Park. Uh, sorry, South Park. <laughs> <laughs> and one we haven't mentioned, obviously, the World Champs is uh, all but cancelled. Every other division's been cancelled, just the main one which waited to be cancelled. I mean, another year in the, the top league. Is that another year where the French aren't in the top division? I mean, if we're going to mention it, yeah, sure. Not that we'd ever mention that. Not once. Bias. <laughs> Correct. It sucks for all of us. I mean, uh, I'm sure in the same sort of boat where all our friends were met at hockey and pretty much the only time we can meet up outside of work is at the hockey games or even playing hockey ourselves. You know, some of us got our, our own sports teams that have unfortunately had to, you know, postpone things for now. So, you know, you're getting from work, whether you're still in the office or wherever you are working from home, you know. Once it's you've done just that you shit, still working in the office, isn't it? I am still working in the office. Yeah, me. Anyway, um, Richard Brands, Richard Branson said we're not, we're not important enough, so just, just where we are. Anyway, um, Richard Branson is sat on his private island saying, "No, no, no, yes. no, no. Leave, leave Andy Snafford in the office." Yeah, I'm sorry, didn't know. Anyway, must, must um, be bad Wi-Fi in Lecker Island. <laughs> but yeah, why did he, they have the same Wi-Fi as uh, as Andy? Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> 
you do your shift wherever you are, and you, you just sat at home and you're like, what am I supposed to do with myself now? I think we're all pretty much thinking that at the minute. And, um, you know, I, I just don't understand why everyone's, like, panicking as, as much as you are. I understand if, if you've got, you know, obviously unbad health conditions, if you're elderly, I understand it. But, you know, for young people like myself, it's not it's not going to be, we're going to be all right. So I don't understand this whole stockpiling thing. I, I, I just don't get it. It, it, it. For me, it really has just broadened, you know, the the spectrum of rich and poor. And it's, it's just stupid. Absolutely stupid. And if you are one of those people, I hope you get it. I really do. I, I'm going to say it like that. I am. Because it's just stupid. Okay. But like Dave says, you know, it's, it's shown... It's also shown the good in people, and you know, obviously credit to NHS staff, care workers, everyone's still working their butts off, even through this, risking their own, you know, risking their own health to help other people. Uh, just, just amazing. So a massive thanks to to all of you, and yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll be out of this soon, but. I think it's been another few months yet before we start to see it start starting to clear, but uh just have to see how it goes. Anybody else see another hypothetical apology coming from Andy at the end of this uh, this episode? I'm I, not, I, I, on this occasion I, I'm not sorry. I on this did. occasion I'm not. I'm like, no, he's going whole out both feet in there. I went to Asda, uh, I think it was Tuesday night, literally nothing. Nothing at all. It annoyed me a lot. Triggered. Very triggered. Yeah. I, the stockpiling thing really winds me up. And it, and I think it puts you in a bit of a... It puts you in a bit of a moral paradox. Because, um, I mean, we went, to, we went to the shop the other day. And, uh, you know, I, I'm firmly in the position where I'm thinking... Don't no need to stockpile. We don't need to see it's pointless. Don't need to stockpile. But then you walk through the shop and you actually you're not actually thinking, Oh, do I need to get this just in case I can't leave the house because of coronavirus? You've now got to walk through the shop going, Is it worth getting another one of them? Because next time I come to the shop, I don't know if there's gonna be any because these idiots that are stockpiling sixty of them every time they come into the shop. It's just getting ridiculous. And the thing is now you end up you potentially looking at having to buy things, not because you're thinking you need it, but because you're wondering when it's next going to be available to purchase because people are just buying it as soon as it goes on the shelf. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing. How do you walk into a shop like Asda and see every single piece of chicken sold? The, the chicken that has a shelf life of about two or three days. What are you going to do stockpiling that? I know you can freeze chicken, so that's a probably a lot the of chicken dishes. <laughs> but People I need to understand the world is not ending. It is not ending. Andy's going to feel really stupid if in a month. Let's put in a really morbid spin on it. Um, but we'll not be here to talk about it, so you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Breaking news on My Fancy Zamboni. The world has ended. <laughs> this podcast is going out to nobody. I don't even feel like it was going to end up like uh, I Am Legend and somebody's going to be walking around just like Will Smith and his dog walking around on his own. <laughs> um, 
I, to be fair, it's probably what you feel like we're going into work at the minute, Andy. I, don't, I can't imagine uh, what that's like. Oh. I, I don't know. I, I'm just... I understand the severity of it. I understand stopping the sporting events and things like that. I mean, the issue with that is it's not people going with symptoms. It's not people putting people directly at risk per se. But the the more people in one room, the more chance that somebody's potentially going to have it and somebody's going to spread it. If one person then goes completely innocently the next day to go and see their 90-year-old grandma or something like that, easy that they could pass that on you know there's there's so many different things and it, that i think that's the scary part it's not just a straight up oh if i get it it's dangerous there's so many other factors you've then got to think oh well what if i what if i see somebody that's got it and then i go and see an elderly relative or a relative with underlying health issues and, and stuff like that there's so much to consider um and i understand the response to it i think working from home you know, no sporting events, things like that. Minimising contact, fair enough. But the stockpiling, just pack it in. I mean, I was watching the news earlier on, and there was there was one uh, one lady on there who was a critical uh, medical support nurse or something along those lines. She was working under critical health ward, and um, and she came off the back of I think something ridiculous, like a forty-eight hour shift where she slept at work and things like that because of the number of people that needed assistance. And she came out of her shift and went to the local supermarket to get some food for a tea, and she physically couldn't buy any food because there wasn't anything on the shelf. And you think, this is the person that's going to be looking after people, and she can't even go after after a 48-hour shift, can't even go and buy some food. So if, you want, so if you're one of our listeners and you're starting, and you're stockpiling, pack it in. Because it's just ridiculous. It's selfish. It's ridiculous. It's unnecessary, and it's impacted so many people now. It, it, it's unreal. Um, but that's my little rant about that. Over. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really think that I've got any more to add on coronavirus. To be fair, we don't know how long it's going to be. I think that's the other scary part: is that we, we genuinely have no idea how long this is going to be for. Uh, and as I say, we you know we may jest and, and make little jokes and things like that, but you know it's certainly not to undermine the severity. It's certainly not to undermine anybody who's suffering with with the virus. Um, and if anybody that's listening has either contracted the virus or knows anybody that has, um, we have our well wishes for a, for a speedy recovery. Uh, but it's just it's just really quite. It is. It's, I, it's really quite concerning just the rate that it's sped up in the UK. As well. um, you know, it's, it's just multiplying by the second. Especially um, when you see how how it's gone in Italy as well, where it's overtaken where the actual virus came from. Yeah. Well, Italy are now bringing the military into certain villages because the the uh, crematoriums and uh, and and cemeteries and things like that can't cope with the number of bodies that are coming in so that the the military are having to go in and transport bodies to different areas that have been less badly hit so that they can dispose of the bodies and, and give them the funerals it's crazy absolutely crazy so it, it really does show the severity to be fair but 
really quite concerning. It, one thing did make me laugh when I was watching the news earlier. They interviewed a woman and they interviewed about 10 people and they all said, oh, I'm not stockpiling. I don't understand the point in it. Oh, these stockpilers, they do it made in a blah, blah, blah. And then there was this one woman that just went, well, everybody I talk to says that they're not stockpiling, but somebody bloody is. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought that summed it up perfectly. Um, the one thing that the, the one thing that surprised me was was going into Costco and seeing Costco with no toilet paper at all, and the whole back wall of Costco being replaced with bottles of water because they'd not got any toilet paper. Wow. Yeah. Have you seen what Leadmill are doing? Yeah. Leadmill in Sheffield, they're buying. They've, they've stockpiled toilet paper from their providers and they're selling it at unit cost in packs of four to people who need it, which I thought was quite a, a really quite a nice thing yeah, to do. Brilliant. Com- compared to the spa around the corner from Lead Mill, that is selling one bog roll wow. for a pound. One bog roll. Or 24 for £24. Brilliant. Ridiculous. Could have done a deal. 24 for £23.99. <laughs> I had a bottom. <laughs> um, anything else to add on on COVID nineteen, gents? Are we happy to no, move on? I think the the MFZ political party has done its statement on yes. the COVID nineteen. So, <laughs> um, the next thing we've got, we've got a couple of retirements across the league. Um, so Lyndon Springer and Sean Bentivoglio have both announced that they'll be retiring this at the end of this season. Uh, what do we think, boys? Toodles. Bye. Now, jokes aside, um, you gave Bentivoglio... me a chance to quote Brooklyn Nine-Nine then. I did not deny it. Now, Bentivoglio, I, I've hated him. I've never liked him, um, which probably suggests that if he wore my team's shirt I'd probably love him um, was there for some of Cardiff big goals part of their, their so called dynasty um, and yeah fair play to him Springer 25 since when that's terrible he's only 25 bad paper round that isn't it bad paper round yeah but did, did, his, did his job um, I suppose the one thing I'll say about the retirements is that players are now they're going to suddenly realise that they play the last game and not have that last game feel. And that's sad in that respect, but, you know, as a, you know, to them two players and the, whoever does decide to retire at the end of the season that we've had, you know, thank you and good luck to your future endeavours. Yeah. For Leo played the last four seasons in Cardiff. Seems, seems to have been pretty hated around the league by other fans, but then liked by most of the Cardiff fans. Yeah. I mean, the Blaze tweet before was pretty much shows it all when they put, we don't like to get involved in opposition team news, but we generally hate this guy. And that's the biggest compliment we could give him. Good luck moving forward. That's pretty good from a, a team that is supposed to be one of your rivals. Actually, tweeted, yeah, we don't like you, but fair play. And then Lyndon Springer, so for two years, it obviously in Manchester. Guy 
everyone would h- hates to play against. And then, if you play for your team, you actually love that his game. And a few Glasgow fans say they never thought they'd actually say they loved Lyndon Springer. Great guy, off the rink. Hopefully, he has a a good career and a good good life outside of the hockey rink. Yeah, when when Mentevogler first came to Cardiff, uh, made a fantastic impact again was one of the reasons why the, the one has, has made championships as, as it happened last few years uh, when you, looking at his first season he had 47 and 49 and then in 17 18 52 and 56 and last season 54 and 56 this season not not his best and um, I, I think he did underperform quite a lot he, he got 16 points in 40 uh, which yeah Kind of gives it, you know, that it, it, it probably just wasn't, you know, up to any more after this season, and that being the reason for his retirement. But going on to Springer, yeah, not one of the play, players really wanted to play against. You know, he's a really, really tough player, and uh, I, I, I had some, some decent fights with uh, Digway Pellet this year, I think, a few times. Few just fight that fights a pellet and uh, and and a few others. So yeah, he's is is one of those players that, that you love to hate, I, I suppose. But if he's on your if he's on your team, then you know you you adore him for his for style of play and and what he brings to your team is is that missing toughness that I think you know quite a few teams probably need that. But yeah, so 25 still very very young age. Um, I'm guessing he's he's found a career as a hockey. If that's the case, then you know what what wishes to him. So looking at Bedsvolio stats, see he's played for the Islanders for one game. Yeah, Islanders, Bridgeport. Um, I actually remember watching um, Ben Tivoglio. My, my first hatred of him was when he played Frasiago against the Steelers in the Continental Cup in Denmark. Um, and I remember commentating on the games when we did Steel That Live. Um, and I just remembered there they was a great team, Asiago, and they just had this rat. Absolute, unadulterated rat. Ben Tivoglio. Obviously, the name is the surname that stands out. And I'm just like, you know what? I hate the living so-and-so out of you. Did his job superbly. I thought, you know, okay, one-off, never see him again. And then he signs in Cardiff. And, and I did the same. He, he, he had his role. He, he did his job and um, did it well. And his, his CV says, winner's medal, winner's medal, winner's medal. When you've got a CV that says that, you can ride off into the sunset pretty happy with yourself. Yeah, so, that's definitely true. So yeah, you know the best of you know the best look to in the future endeavors. I hated him as a player. Would have liked him in our colours. I'm not gonna lie, just for that reason itself. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Rick Bant, but a bit more skillful. Um, who was probably the ultimate rat um, of the late 90s, early 90s. I know Greff will uh, as, a, as an ex ex Storm player. He was indeed. Yeah, yeah. 
Did he win anything for Storm? And that's a legit question. I'm trying to work out the piece. Because he won stuff with everybody, in fairness. But did he win anything with Storm? I think he did. Uh, I'm just going to check now. Phoenix Cup? Yeah, Phoenix Cup against London. He, he had that title. He, he won everywhere he went. So, yeah, all the best to you two guys. And I'm sure when we do any summer pods, we'll talk about other retirements. We'll, we'll give the thanks to them then. But Springer, Bentabaglio, thanks and all the best. Yeah, two players that really, um, well, certainly one player at least that really surprised me to be retiring this season. Apologies, by the way, I think I've I've had some issues with my mic there, which was probably why it went quiet for a second. Um, I mean, Ben Tavoglia, I mean, you mentioned when he played for Asiago in Italy. I mean, he averaged 1.51 points per game when he was playing in Italy. That's insane. Um... I mean, looking at one season, 2012-13, he played 44 games and put up 75 points, um, which is crazy. Uh, and as you say, I mean, we're looking at just shy of a point per game in the Elite League while he's been here. Uh, 0.84 points per game in the end, uh, 171 penalty minutes. So, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you, Dave. He was that player that you hated, uh, but it meant he was doing his job. Um Similar to when Ryan Finnerty played for Cardiff, and and I mean we we experienced it on both sides. We got Finnerty playing for us, and we heard the whole league saying we hate him, he's a rat, we hate him. Then he went to Cardiff, and we spent a season saying we hate him, he's a rat, we hate him. And then he came back to Sheffield, and he was our rat again. Um, so he's one of those players, a great great asset to have on the team. And uh, you know we've seen we've seen Ben Tavoglio score some big goals against Sheffield. Um, which probably uh, probably contributes to uh, to the hatred for him, but yeah, no, stellar player, 34 years old. Um, you know, fair play to him for for deciding that it's time to hang up the skates. Uh, Lyndon Springer, on the other hand, very very strange one for me. This, um, you know, he's, he's 25 years old. He's a year older than me. Um, I genuinely thought he was older. Uh, but you know, hundred. I think look less at the points, look more at the penalty minutes on this one. So 163 penalty minutes in his first season in Manchester, 56 games. 173 penalty minutes in 51 games, uh, and then 101 penalty minutes in 47 this season. Um, big player to have. Got a lot of stick from away fans, uh, but a big D man. I mean, six foot one. I mean, he's not huge. Uh, but he dropped the gloves with anybody that needed to. He'd, he'd stand up for his teammates, and, and for that reason, a very, very good asset again to have on the team. Um, you know, we said when he moved to, to Glasgow that it was a good signing for Glasgow, and I think to be fair, he's he's, he's proved it this season. Uh, you know, 17 points, 47 games, plus minus minus nine in a bad season for the clan not bad going to be fair so he can throw his fist he can throw his body around but he's he's got a lot of hockey competence there as well so um interesting interesting one on that one that i didn't expect to see was him hanging them up this season um we've got anything else to add on retirements or are we good to move on again Uh, this is this is one topic that i think is quite topical to discuss at 10 past one in the morning is is bedding um, because <laughs> quite frankly, Steelers tweeted something earlier on about uh, a new item of merchandise that they are they have made available, um, and that item is some Sheffield Steelers 
bedding. Now, you know, on the face of it, great idea. So to have some bedding. Sure, everybody will be interested in that. Maybe not at the price. Um, so, said bedding begins in a junior bedding set at £90. Move that up to a single bed, it's £110. A double then steps up to 155 and for a king size, you're looking at the wonderful pleasure of spending £180 <laughs> for bedding. Oh, wow. Oh. A flight to Switzerland didn't cost that much. Just, it's just... No, it didn't. Unbelievable. I'm just genuinely baffled by this. And I've I'm seen not... Simsy on Twitter trying to justify... I just think what? I love the idea, but who in the world would want to pay so much money like that? Especially as people are losing jobs. Yep. Everything's up in the air. I I'm not gonna lie, and I hope Manchester Sun TV embrace what I'm gonna say as a biased person's uh, podcast. Steel are loving so far, so they'll turn it off by now. They will love you, bless them. This is a massive, massive own goal to advertise. They, I, I understand that we need to sell merchandise. I understand that we need to bring money in. I get that. You're not going to hear me slag that off. But Jesus Christ, when you've got people potentially and have lost their jobs, never mind just that within the season right now, but around South Yorkshire, and then we're going to go, would you like some merchandise? It's going to cost you £180. £180? That's the difference. The Charles Cup trophy didn't people, cost that. For some that's a people, season that's, ticket money, that. Well, that, well, that's a deposit, but some people, that's a, that's a rent payment. That, that's, that's the nuts and bolts. It's a rent payment to some people. Jesus Christ. Honestly, Steelers have, have massively on gold there. They should have pulled it, waited till the end of the summer, then sold it. By all means, sell that type of merchandise. I have no issue with that. But if you're going to flog an item at £180... Wake up, realise what's going off in, in the world, especially on your own back door, and have, have a bit of sense about it. And there's no sense in this whatsoever. It, it's just a bad own goal. You've had fans who said they're willing to, you know, uh, not apply for a refund for Sin Sticker because they want, they want the club to keep it and use it for beginning players next year and all that, which is fantastic from our players. And every other club that's doing that, that's great. Amazing. But then you've got the club that say, oh, Here's some bedding we just thought, great idea and that. Um, it's going to set you back 150 odd quid. Like, really? Yeah, really? it's... I, 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 I have no issue, profit's not a dirty word, but I think sometimes you have to choose your battles and trying to flog some bedding at £180 at this moment in time is a battle that, yeah, it's, it's the wrong one. I just... I'm lost for words on this. I mean, you say it's you say it's a massive own goal. It's a bigger own goal than the game where Ben O'Connor passed the puck out from the back of the net on a delayed penalty. It hit David Phillips's skate and went in his own net. It just what on earth were we thinking? What and, and Simsy's tweeted and I'll, I'll, I've got his tweet in front of me. And he tweeted loving the overreaction to the bedding tweet earlier. Firstly, the profit margin is minimal 
I've I'm, I'm struggled to believe that profit margin on a £155 bedding set is minimal. But um, as we haven't ordered large numbers, we have reacted to a demand that was requested. Secondly, if you don't want it, don't buy one. It's as simple as that. Yeah, but in a, in the time of a global pandemic when people are struggling to buy a toilet roll and people are facing months of no pay, we're tweeting to tell people, snuggle up Sheffield, Steelers bedding in the Steelers store. We think it's terrific. It better be terrific for that price. Yeah, trying to tell one of the um, staff at Virgin um, Airways who've been asked to take two months unpaid leave um, or hoteliers that are now being asked to take unpaid leave. Um, yeah, I understand you've got to you know, support what your organisation is doing. Uh, if it's a small profit margin, then they need to be going somewhere else. If I'm honest, um, well, his, his argument is that they responded to people saying that they wanted it and they only bought. Have, let me just have a look and see if I can find his reply to the tweet. It was, he said something along the lines of if they'd have bought a hundred, then it would have made it cheaper. As it happens, they only bought ten or something like that. Only ten people wanted it. Yeah, which contradicts the initial tweet where he said we've reacted to a demand that was requested. It's not a demand if they've only ended up having 10. Can I just put it in in perspective? I've just gone on on the NHL shop and just for a, you know, idea, Pittsburgh Penguins bedding set, $75. That's all sizes. In pounds, that's £63. And that's an NHL team. Yep. I mean, okay, they'll have a bit more, you know, what about phrase, a bit more feng shui with the, the profit margin difference and the yeah, but still, no, I, I'm not yeah. disputing what you say, mate. Don't get me wrong. For a semi-professional team, uh, you know, even the price, you know, if it's going to be expensive, fine, but just not now, no. not when people are struggling. You know, you, you just read stories of people like out of work, and then we're going to throw this at people. I'm, look, I'm looking on motor point. And you could legit, legit, £121 a month would buy you a Nissan Duke hatchback. And you, instead, you're going to spend £180. Yeah, granted, that's monthly payments. But that just, I think that just highlights just how much it is when less than £60 less than that a month would buy you a decent car. And instead, it's a bedding set. It also it also makes me laugh just the, um, the superlatives that they're using and the descriptions that they're using are just un- unreal. Um, like the tweet, we think it's terrific, and then you listen to the description of it on there on the store. Add to your collection of Sheffield Steelers gear with this trendy Sheffield Steelers duvet set. The set includes a duvet and pillow both of which feature stunning Sheffield Steelers colours and graphics. What, why are they stunning? <laughs> because it'll look good on Instagram. It's yeah. super cosy and soft polyester. So the best thing is, these printed graphics, they're not even embroidered. <laughs> Just, uh, honestly. For Super King, please contact us. Are you taking a mic? How much is a Super King going to be? Team team. The, 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 infuri- the infuriating thing is 
the merchandise from Sheffield actually has been really good this year and actually a decent price for the whole. Um, and then you see this and you just go, oh, God. It's kind of like you've got all them steps and you're back to square one. I know it's not. I know it's a bit of a reaction, but it's just that feel of, really, guys? I asked... It's good that your, team, that your team does over the season. In that like, social media aspect, to get it thrown back at them with this one, one piece, it's like, really, guys? You're doing so well. And now this. It's as if you want people to just slight you even more. Yeah, I asked asked Jess about this earlier. I was talking to Jess about this and she hadn't seen it. And I said, Steelers have released a duvet set. Guess how much it is? And I think she said something like 40 quid. And I said, now, completely wrong end of the spectrum. And she went 30 quid. And I said, no. And then she went up and said, all right, 60 quid. And I was like, you're still nowhere near because a king size will be 180. And you know, when you just think, I think 60 quid to me would be steep for a bedding set. Yeah. Let <laughs> alone 180. That the highest, the highest that she went was a third of the price of the bedding set. Just mental. I just, I honestly, I am lost for words with this. So, who knows? Um, are we done talking about bedding? Because to be perfectly honest, I, I'm just yeah. Bad guy. Is it sending um, you to sleep, mate? Say again. Is it sending you to sleep? No, that's the giants. They're the ones that come at about sending to sleep on Twitter. Yay. Um. Yeah, we'll move on then. We've got the uh, the next thing on the agenda that I've got is attendances. I'm gonna throw it over to you, Dave. Yeah, so it's around this time of year the WHF talk about the averages and who's done well and who's not done well. Um, and the UK, once again, have three entries in the top 100 of the European attendances. However, uh, in me- my memory, I don't think we've had as higher um, in the top 100 as we have this year. Um, so the Sheffield Steelers are leading the, um, the UK entries with uh, 28th spots. Uh, and not far off being in the top 25, which would be a phenomenal achievement, um, with an average of 6,610. Uh, the Nottingham Panthers are 49th, which they were 42nd last year. Sheffield was 35th last year, uh, at 5,504. Uh, the Giants have slipped one spot, uh, 80th, 4,387. Now, just to go and look at uh, the club um, attendance. These are the top ten. Uh, Burn always top ten. They're sixteen thousand average. So it's not like it has. This is an average. Sixteen thousand two hundred thirty-seven. You have uh, St Petersburg of the KHL thirteen thousand five nine four. Colne in the DL thirteen thousand three hundred thirty-three. Bar Berlin twelve thousand nine hundred one. Alderman Hein, 11,891. Diana Minsk of the KHL, 10,666. Frölunda Gothenburg, uh, average 10,579. Sparta Prague, 10,330. Zurich, uh, 9,349. And Spartak Moscow, 8,913. And that's your top 10 in Europe. So to think Sheffield is 
okay, it's a few, fair few hundred away from that, but not that far from some big teams. It's it's a testament to the work done. But also on top of that, you look at the the league average. Um, uh, the Swiss are top um, as a league average of seven, just over seven thousand. Germany six and a half thousand. Russia just under six and a half thousand. Sweden just over six thousand. Uh, Czech Republic just under six thousand. Finland um, have gone down slightly. I think just over four thousand. You then have the EBL with three thousand one hundred sixty-three. The Elite League has gone up six and a half percent as an average uh, year on year. Three thousand and forty-three. So one hundred and thirty people more. They'd be the seventh in Europe, um, above Denmark, above France, above Slovakia. Um, whose Slovakia's attendance have boosted with Slovak Bratislava going from the KHL back to the uh, uh, the Tip Sport League. Um, but all the figures are looking on an upward curve. Uh, more people going to the games. Um, I'm sure there'll be some fans that'll be saying it's all freebies and that, as you know, Sheffield's all done on £5 games, um, allegedly. Um, but you look at the, you know, the teams that, are, that Sheffield are above, and even Knights of Nottingham are above, it actually, it's good feel that actually the Elite League and the British teams are doing well to get them attendances to be um, in spoken in the same bracket of of, of some high end teams in, in European hockey. Uh, so uh, well done to to all three in fairness to the Panthers, Steelers, and the, the Giants to be in that top 100. There's only six of the top 100 that are not in the top division of their domestic leagues. So it's good company. It's um, good for the game. Um, good promotion. And um, let's hope the uh, the Seals edge up a bit and the Panthers can get back in the top 40 or even get in, in, in sort of near the top 40. It would be good for, you know, how good it would be to have two British teams in the top 40 next year of the uh, the average attendances. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a credit to the way that the league's moving forward. And we, we've talked about this before, the way that we're, progressing further and further and putting up the better performances in the CHL. You know, we're pushing every year in the Conti Cup and we've had uh, a couple of spots in the CHL a couple of times now as a result. Uh, obviously, GB being in Pool A for the World Champs, things like that. You know, we, we, we're getting a lot more representation of the league and it's shown in the calibre of player that's coming to play over here. Uh, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just that ho- hockey's becoming a bit more popular. Who knows? Um, yes, the £5 games help. Uh, but, you know, if that's going to bring more people in that then continue to come to games, why the hell not? And uh, and I think that's it. I think the people that come out with the comments of, oh, yeah, but you give £5 games. Oh, yeah, but you give freebies. I think they're just the ones that... Are, disappointed to not see their team quite so high up in the rankings. So just to add some context to the comment of how f- close we're to the top 25. So there were five people on average from the next person, which is Salabat UFA, who are 6615. Uh, there are another 15, uh, sorry, 20 from Sheffield to Sibir Nov- Nov- Novo Sibrisk, um, and then 25th Magnitogorsk, 6776. So in terms of numbers, you're talking, you know, 100 or so, and they're in that top 25 bracket. But then you look at the teams below them, you've got Malmo, Diana Moscow, um, Linköping, um, you've got Geneva Savet, you've got Lejano, uh, Diana Riga, uh, Eels Tampera, Olsberg, Lulia, 
uh, and, and Tepera. So you've got some really big hitters in European hockey yeah. below. And in fairness, Tepera are below Nottingham. And then you go for there, Slava Bratislava, Kashitsa, Ambi Piotr, Karapat are below, even Munich are below the Panthers. So when you start to look at actually the teams that are below and some of the average, you know, yes, their percentage of their capacity may be higher. But in terms of who they are, who both teams are competing against, and, and they're talking big hitters in European hockey, that's actually something that we should be saying, you know, well done, Bren. Well done for attendances. We've done well. It's only you're probably going to get maybe better, depending on how the next few months go in terms of with corona and all that. I'd like to think that season, well, for the next season, attendance is getting even better. Pretty much all around the league, because more, more bums on seats, more money comes into the club. More money the club can pay for better players. The five-pound game, I think it's a great idea for you guys. I think it's a big great idea for anyone in the league. Because then you're bringing in more people. And they're going to probably want to pay the full whack then for the next game. Or even get a season ticket down the line. So much better. It brings new people to the games. They become they become addicted to the sport. Then they pass it on. They become addicted to the sport. It's brilliant. The fact that some of the teams you mentioned there, they're playing in like possibly like the second best league in the world with the KHL teams. And you got some of the European teams that are like in the best leagues in Europe. But they're still not higher than some of the elite league teams, which is crazy when you think about it. Well, it's when you can say you've actually got a bigger attendance on average than Diana Moscow, which is probably, apart from Fralunda, probably the most fabled franchise in European hockey. Now, I remember when they toured the UK and it was such a big thing that Diana Moscow was coming over to play the three games as a, a sort of mid-season tournament. You know, we're talking teams with history that blinds the likes of the Panthers, who have got significant history. So, when you say that, you know, Devils have tried it with the, the £6.66 games, the, the Panthers did it with uh, reduced games. And, uh, Andy, uh, you know, when you look at it this way, as a strategy across the league, is that where we now need to get teams like of Fife, like of Dundee, likes of Guildford? I know Guildford do with kids for quid one. But other teams in Coventry to go, do you know what? These games, we've got, we can circulate four or five games in a season, midweek ones. We're going to struggle for attendance. Let's go for it. Better to get 2,000 in the building to get that buzz, to get that love for the game, to then want them to buy the full price for the next game. Absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, especially uh, during the, the week, because... Obviously, you've more like got work in the morning. Um, if you've got kids, they've got, they've got school in the morning. And it, this is where I'd probably suggest um, not having a webcast for the the uh, weekday games, because if you you know if you're um, selling tickets selling tickets for a fiver, then what's the point in using webcast, which probably would be the same price or or, or even more. But that's the only way you're really going to utilise. You know, 
the the whole seating arrangement and um for the, for those sort of days but it's funny mentioned Dundee because it's not just the big arena teams that I've uh, seen attendances rise it's, it's like Dundee as well but they've had their best uh, attendance this season in in the, in the elite league so you know great for them uh, I, I think Belfast have uh, used their extra stand uh, at the back of the arena a few times as well so you know it's it's great to see just the whole the whole league being brought brought in and and really really showing as, as as part of these figures and you know just it, it's not a great thing to come um, but also I'd you know I've I've thrown the argument about the price of in, increase to webcast we had because if you know I understand if, if if some people can't make a game but it's easier for a lot for a lot of people to just think well you know. Uh, for that price, it's a bit cheaper than actually going to the game itself. We could just get a takeaway and invite some friends over for, for for cheaper than that. So, you know, it it does bring the whole that whole argument back into it in terms of attendances. And I think having the webcasts a bit more expensive has made people come to games a, a little bit more. Uh, obviously, it's, it's all value for money, and and actually being there to to see the game itself you know it's it's more of a pull when you've got a webcast that's a, a bit more expensive than than it than it was so a, a good strategy for me i think it's played a, a massive part and hopefully we can see this throughout the whole whole 10 clubs and a massive increase in, in attendances from next season do you know what the thing that, that that highlights it for me for the steelers is is you look at how high up in the rankings they are now and that realistically is off the back of a really, really, really poor season. I mean, what 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 are the rankings going to be like at the end of next season when we've had a couple of seasons of decent, good, entertaining hockey? I mean, that's that's presuming that the league next year carries on as it did this year, because to be fair, we've seen considerably better hockey this season. So if we get the similar standard of hockey next season, what what are the attendances then going to look like? When we carry on with the five pound games and we're winning games, we're winning trophies. What what does that mean? It, it's it's mad, and and I think that's that's one significant positive to take. Right? I mean, we're seeing people constantly speculating that we're going to see teams drop out and teams go bust because of missing out on games because of coronavirus. Um, so I think actually the attendance is, is, is quite a nice conversation to fall back on when you look at it and go, well, you know what? Like the attendances are on the up. We're, we're, we're putting more and more bums on seats for games. And that's at the bottom line. At the end of the day, that's where the revenue comes from. So yeah, massively. And um, it's when you mentioned about poor seasons, you know, Nottingham had a very, very poor start to the season. Uh, they even had fans boycotting, boycotting the game, saying they're not going to come to games anymore. You know, but if 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 this carries on, and then they sign, you know, players like Julian Talbot, they bring in Jake Hansen, and you know, two players made a massive difference. They increased numbers again, uh, and again, and that's why Nottingham are in that top, that top 50 mark as well in terms of of, of attendances. So, you know, had that not been the case, had had there been had a good start they could even be a lot higher than that so yeah it, it, it's a very interesting point yeah absolutely 
Um, has anybody got anything else to add on attendances, or we we good to leave that one to to put that one to bed as it as it as it, as, it, as, a, as a, an appropriate comment uh, for today's podcast. Um, the next thing I've got on the agenda is predictions. Uh, so uh, shall we write these down and uh, and see who we think is going to win this week, boys? Or uh... yeah. <laughs> uh, so first game we've got is uh, is nobody against nobody. Um, Apparently, Fife is still going to be waiting for their Connect Four game against the, the Belfast Giants. <laughs> uh, yeah, be I think I'll time for that one. Yeah, I think <laughs> no, nobody will win in overtime. Stalemate. Nobody's going for a draw. Yeah. Brilliant. Belfast have already said no, so you know they've they've declined. Forfeit ten nil. <laughs> um. No, we'll, we'll move. We'll move away from that. There's obviously no predictions. There's no games at the moment. Hopefully, um, we're starting to get some positive news on that front. But in terms of our, our season, that's that's it anyway. Um, I think I think all four of us will agree that hopefully we get some positive news and we can start training again soon. Uh, but hey yeah, uh, we'll move to the last thing that I've got on the agenda this week. Gents, unless anybody's got anything else to interject, uh, and that goes over to Mr. Andy Stafford for Stafford Stories. Well, it could be about one thing, couldn't it? Uh, the weekend of the cup final. Uh, was it a Saturday? It was Friday. Friday. Friday, Friday, okay. Okay, so we're all sat in the bar. Uh, there's it's myself, Dave and Joe, and uh, Holly joined us as well. Um, I feel more than anybody, Dave was feeling quite tired now. Uh, it's been a long drive. A, a long drive. <laughs> it was is. a long drive. And uh, uh, bless him, was falling asleep, uh, just sat in his chair. Um, and then... You say to... bless him when people were taking pictures of you, mate. <laughs> I didn't take a picture, so... Not me. Anyway, that makes it all um, the better, doesn't it? Oh yeah, of course it does. Anyway, um, <laughs> so came to a point where we decided, you know what, we're tired, going to go to bed. Uh, so we we'll, we'll wake Dave up, and um, it, was a, to, it was a challenge in itself. Let's not forget it was that. a oh, massive challenge. Difference. You know, massive I'll, challenge. How was it? I don't care. <laughs> you fell off your chair and onto me. It's still cosy. <laughs> <laughs> and um so I managed to wake him up and before we leave decides to grab the um little tray of condiments and uh bring us up to the room with us. Bear in mind we we had no food, we didn't bring any any upstairs or had any had any downstairs so there was no food at all to really go with it. But you know, it went, what? It went Why not? from our table, he went over know, to a yeah. different table. <laughs> But yeah, why not? Might need to use them at some point, so it was it was good thinking. Exactly. Um, but I don't understand how you can bring them but forget your phone. Easily. <laughs> Exhibit A that Friday night. The, the the best part about it was, I mean, I I looked at him and he was kind of we were kind of moving slowly towards the lift to get to go up to the room. And Dave just kind of was like tottering about in a circle, and I was, I was watching him, and I was thinking, what the bloody hell's he doing here? And then all of a sudden, he goes for the condiments, and I'm like, right, Dave, put them down. Come on, we're going to bed. So he puts them down, eyes pretty much shut as he stood there, 
put them down. All right, no problems. Put some down. As I turned around, I heard this clinking noise. And I thought, what the hell is that? And it's Dave's picked them back up again. And I went, no, Dave, put them down. And he just gave me this look. His eyes were pretty much shut. And he just kind of tilted his head to one side, shrugged his shoulders, and with this really weird smirk on his face, just walked off with the condiments. But the best thing about it is, is it was the moment of realisation in the room as he's kind of stood there, me and Andy are kind of getting ready to go to bed and all this kind of stuff. And Dave's just kind of turning the room upside down, but he's just constantly going back to the same part of the room, lifting stuff up, putting it down and then realising. Um, well, like eventually me and Andy are like, right, Dave, what, what's going on? What's, what's wrong? I can't find my phone. All right. Okay. Have you checked your jeans? He goes, no, I'm not checking my jeans. I think, all right, well, for a start, my first thought would be have I left it in my pocket. So he checks his jeans. No, not there. Have you checked your hoodie? No, I've not checked my hoodie. I think, where the bloody hell have you checked here? All he, all he appeared to have checked was a random part on the table in the room. Checks his hoodie. He goes, yeah. Go, what, yeah, is it there? No. Right, okay. So we're starting to come to the realisation at this point that he's probably left his phone downstairs. And it's just that build-up of like utter disbelief that you can possibly bring up to a salt and, pe- a salt and pepper shaker, a pot of ketchup and a pot of brown sauce, but leave a thousand pound iPhone on the table downstairs. <laughs> and the best thing was he made Andy go and fetch the bloody thing. Hang on. No, no, I didn't. In fairness. No, I, I volunteered. volunteered. No, this I, is I volunteered. I don't, I don't stick up for him, Andy. No, don't I, stick I, I volunteered for this one because I, I, this is actually the bit I remember. Um, no, Andy You're said that. Like, spraying Jaeger across the room. No, I don't. <laughs> um, so as I don't remember it, it didn't happen um, because such a heinous crime. Um, but I remember the bit where like Andy volunteered him and thank you, Andy, for to go and got my phone. Which I have. I have in my hand. Um, no, it survived Cardiff. My voice didn't. But... Our jerseys didn't, though. Um, yeah, but let's talk about the jerseys. Yeah. Be yourself-minded. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Show us how, Flash. Sham <laughs> <laughs> Jones. Oh God, we're now we're moving on to Family Guy and Ted again now. Now let's move back. Um, so, gents, I mean that that's that's today's Stafford story. And I have to say, uh, an absolute perler. And I think as soon as it happened, I think we all realised the next day that that was definitely making it onto the next. No one. question about I, I, I it think, whatsoever. I think it was when when and I, I don't know you must have gone to the toilet somewhere, Joe. And then he's like, "Oh, we can have we can have breakfast in room," and I'm like that. Like, what earth you want about? They're the words I'll say on the podcast. You can imagine what the actually I was thinking. Like, what earth you want about? Oh, we've got all the condiments. Like, thinking, what you want set. about? No, no. I, I, I said, what I said is not fit for the podcast. Um, that's what I'm trying to get to. And I'm like, what's you want about? And he's like, oh, we've got all the condiments. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's just eat it and shall we? But, uh, Next trip, it'll be someone else's turn. And I look forward to telling that story. It utterly summed it up. It utterly summed it up when we decided to go back to the room because when we came out of you, so with about two, for about three or four minutes left in the game on Friday, you turned around to us. You were like, right, I'm going to the bar. See you at the bar. Okay. We walked into the bar to you absolutely slumped all over a chair. 
I think <laughs> I've got a, so, yeah. I think I've got a, I've been sent a photo of that. I think so. me, I think me and Andy were told by about ten different people, "Good luck with him tonight." But <laughs> <laughs> we were like, "Right, let's get him back to the room. We'll get him back to the room, and that'll be fine." We got back to the room. You you had a swigger Jaeger and like sprayed that across the room because you caught that had a cough or something. So you sprayed that across the room, and then you just looked at us and went. Went to the bar downstairs. We were like, we've come back because, like, like, no. And literally the second that your ass touched the chair in the bar downstairs, you were just KO'd. I like, when I get comfy, I like a kip. What can I say? Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the not, first time I've seen you fall off a chair, though. I, I've seen you many a times I've expected you to fall off a chair, and at the last second you've you've snapped back into the chair but this time you fully fell off the chair and I wasn't prepared for it because at that point I expected <laughs> you to snap back into position if you didn't all I shall say is gents it's when it's someone else's turn I should enjoy milking it go but for it you, you give you take it's, it's all part of the game um, you don't say milking it Andy doesn't really like milk exactly can we just move on from that now please oh, sorry Joe brought that up again how dare he oh this is I'm, I'm glad you got that one, Dave. I was worried for a second that that would go past your eyes. Oh, for Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, and on that note, gents, I think that's going to bring... Joe, Joe, I'm sorry, but because of Gates said, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> give me no over that. Oh dear. Nah, I, I get the reference. It's a very inside joke. Unfortunately, it's uh, not one for the regular listener. Just in case anybody's offended. Um, it's an angry joke. Very angry joke. Yeah. <laughs> it intrigues me how we've managed to go off from Stafford stories onto an other point. Oh dear. Oh, go on, nip on some else. Go on. This is getting worse. <laughs> or better, depends how you like how you like your puns. Um. Gents, I think we're going to bring that to an end um, because we're spiralling swiftly off topic, and uh, we've done a two-hour podcast on a week where there's been no hockey. So um, I think only us can do only us can do that. Three hours. No, two hours, two and a quarter, I think we're looking at. Yeah, we we started late. Yeah, yeah, we started very late. Um, anyway, gents, uh, thank you very much, Dave. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for providing the uh, the comedic story either of, of this week's Stafford story I'm glad you got your phone I, I'm, thank you for your thoughts on my phone and, and, and prayers uh, thanks to Andy thanks to Gref and to the listeners thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed the story if you've got any of stories um, before we move to other there are ways of you getting in touch with us to uh, send your stories we may have to do a podcast where we just have a collection of, of daft stories on hockey trips abroad or domestically maybe that may be something to do in a few weeks time to be fair, we could quite possibly have a podcast where people send in daft stories about you <laughs> drinking abroad. Do you, do you know what? That's possible. I know Andy may fall foul. I know you may fall foul. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest yeah. will I fall foul. Doubt it. All four of us will fall foul. This is not my expertise. I share the expertise with every single one of you. <laughs> and I can say that and an art. But there are different ways of getting, getting in touch hand with us. Hand on heart. Hand on heart. I was going to say, it's a bit weird. Yeah, well, with all that bog roll from the, the, the um, stockpiling, but uh, yeah, um, you can get... Riddler tape. 
<laughs> you can get us on Twitter at MFZ Podcast or on Facebook at My Fancy and Blurry Podcast. Send us your daft stories. Send us your stories of people when you know you, the funny ones that you were. Uh, you don't, you know, the ones that you talk about years after. I mean, that'd be... Pictures of Dave falling asleep, standing up in Pop World. Oh, that, they're legendary ones. That's a skill set itself. You mock it. Yeah, no, 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 that's true. I can't even, I can't even sleep sat on a chair in a plane. So how you fell asleep yeah. standing up, I have no idea. That, that is, that is, Skills. if anything, the sheer admiration for the fact that you were able to do that. <laughs> Skills. Not like I can remember doing it, but you know, that's an all-star story. As many of them from all-stars. So yeah, Dave, thank you, thank you very much, sir. You've and thank you for plugging the social media because I completely forgot. I, I thought you had, but uh, but thank you very much for, for hosting the podcast. And again, thanks to Wandy and Greff. It's uh, been wonderful to see you. It's been good to see some other faces whilst walking, working even uh, at home. Um, Don't walk at home. I, I think that increases the chance of spread. Well, I walk around the house to get some steps on the pedometer. But uh, no, but on a serious point, the listeners, if you're at this point of the podcast, you're the real MVP because we've talked some rubbish tonight. We usually do. <laughs> we, we've raised the bar on that one. And uh, we will be bringing out some My Fancy Zamboni bedding. Uh, the price will start at £200. And, uh, <laughs> but there'll be no profit. Soft Egyptian cotton. <laughs> yeah, the thread count will be <laughs> 69. <laughs> um, yeah, great. Thank you very much, sir. We, uh, it's very strange seeing you in a huge headset. You look a bit like a pilot. I mean, it's a new job. Absolutely, been coming up. It is. I mean, it's probably not a job where you want to use the, uh, the the phrase "turn it off and on again." That might not be the best idea if you're a pilot, but probably not. A bit different to tech support. Just a little bit. But thank you for having me. Thank you to Dave. Thank you to Stafford. Thank you to the listeners as well. Hope you all are safe. And. You are, as Dave said, you're the real MVPs for getting this far. That's very true. And Andy, thank you very much, sir. Thank you for another good Stafford stories. And uh, yeah, I think Dave enjoyed that one. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Dave, for for, um, providing this for us on a plate, literally. Uh, So, yeah, thank you. Um, Thanks, Gref, Sully Sullenberger, Whatever you are, um, yeah, just thank you all, for, for, thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been another good one, and like Ref said, just stay safe and yeah, just thank you very much. Yeah, no, thank you very much, guys. Um, no, I, I reiterate what you guys just said. Everybody, stay safe. Um, you know, hopefully we brought you some entertainment. If you're in the house, if you're self-isolating or working from home or whatever, if you've not had much contact with anybody else, hopefully we've brought you two, or two and a bit hours of, uh, of, I mean, we'd be talking rubbish, but hopefully you've enjoyed it, give you something different to listen to. Um, and yeah, next week we will be doing our League Awards discussion. Um, so we'll be discussing who we think will fall into each category for the League Awards. Um so looking, forward to to forward to. looking forward to the black tie event. Looking forward to it. Don't. I'm, I'm going to wear a black tie now. Do it. I even it's wear a bow tie. Smarten up. Smarten up. Yeah. Red carpet, the job lot. It's very true. Very true. So, yeah, gents, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, and we'll come back to you next week. 
hopefully, um, for another episode of my fancies on Bodhi. Thanks a lot.